Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day here in Los Angeles, Jordan. Cool, I'm... calm, and collected. <laughs> that's that's the city of angels, baby. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know? Uh, you're probably a big fan. You know the rapper YG. Sure, I don't. Um, go ahead, though. He's a popular. Is it important for the bit that I go? No, along no, no, with no, okay. no, 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 no. I'll explain to you. No, who YG Jesse, is. I don't know who that is. YG is a really great rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, he's part of a subgenre of rap called gangster rap, mm-hmm. uh, which is like these guys and they write rap about gangs. Yeah, okay, I know that. You don't have to go back and... that far. Okay. I don't know well, the just particular you... guy. I'm familiar with rapping. There's different kinds. So these days. Gangster rap is a is a very small. Now hold on, he's yeah. a man, right? Now yes. what's that? <laughs> what's a man? What is man? What so makes man? Rapping is like singing, but there's no melody, just rhythms. It's sort of like talking over music, which is well, called a beat. Sounds like my kid could do that. Yeah, uh, that's that. By the way, is uh, my kid how, could also paint modern art. That is the second paragraph of a New Yorker article about hip hop. God, yeah. <laughs> Is, my kid uh, could also be my wife's husband. Beats uh, rap music's musical backing tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? So gangster rap is like a is is at this point a pretty marginal subgenre of hip hop. Like there's elements of it in some po- in some popular hip hop, but most of your pop hip hop is either about doing Xanax and you're a white guy with face tattoos. Mm-hmm. That's primarily what it is. Sure. That's like a 70% of current hip-hop is white guys with face tattoos just going, I'm on Xanax. <laughs> um, and then there's a couple other- James Franco will play me in a movie. Exactly. Um, all, you know Aww. what? The guy that uh, James Franco played in a movie, Riff Raff, mm-hmm. is so much more fun than these Xanax rappers. Like, it's the the scale of the amount of more fun- that that guy is, and that guy's not a particularly great hip hop artist. He's made some okay stuff, but not he's unremarkable except for his crazy outfits and like purple dreadlocks and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I've I had to my experience with with Riff Raff, other than seeing the James Franco version of him in, in the movie movie Spring Breakers in the movie Spring Breakers, was I worked for a show where he was supposed to do a walk-on, so we had to pitch bits for Riff Raff. Uh-huh. Um, I called him. They made me remove a line in the copy saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Riff Raff, what would happen if Florida became a man? <laughs> uh, so I had to pitch bits for Riff Raff, so I had to sit, just sit for a day and watch Riff Raff videos. And after watching five Riff Raffs in a row, I thought to myself, this is probably what having a fatal spider bite feels like. <laughs> So, like, I'm hot. My my whole body is hot. I'm – it's – yeah, I, I itchy. I want to just be nude in a cold bathtub. I think that the uh, new generation of mm-hmm. uh, white SoundCloud rappers mm-hmm. is sort of like that, but it's just as you approach the point of death. So you're kind of, like, getting sleepy. Sure. You're still itchy, mm-hmm. but now you're sleepy and kind of – you feel like you might throw up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that last, just before pfft, the Holy Ghost. Right, before the spider, <laughs> the spider toxins work their magic. Yeah. So uh, the rapper YG is a gangster rapper. And these days, gangster rap often is like alarmingly specific. So there was a time when it was like Ice Cube would like go around and say, 
you know, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a gangster. I like to stick up uh, whatever, like, oh, I, I, I love to fuck with the system, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, just kind of general. These days, it's like, I am from the intersection of this street and this street, and here is a list of people I've killed in real life. <laughs> Um, it's almost distressing. And YG is not quite that specific, but he's super specific about being a blood. And one of the things about being a blood that he is super into is not saying the letter uh, C if mm. it starts a word. So, like, for example, like uh, like if you said uh, you had cataracts, he right. would say you have bataracts. So he substitutes B for blood for C for Crip, which is, of course, the That's what happens if Batman has cataracts. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, or just like whatever if uh, Batman wants to get his weed card. Mm, Sure. Um, So the thing about- Doesn't Batman know it's recreational now? Yeah. Well, Batman doesn't want to pay the relatively high taxes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So- And to be fair, I bet given Batman's line of work- uh, vigilante justice. Yeah. I bet there is. We should introduce our guests for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My instinct says is if we're going to do this Batman jag. Yeah. Perhaps we should introduce our guest. Can I just? Can I tell yeah. you why? Well, let's introduce our guest. Then I'll I'll tell everyone why I mentioned this because it's mm-hmm. really just a very brief anecdote, not a long story. Sure. <laughs> so our, our guest on the program is a celebrated television writer. <laughs> Wait, you have got like Emmys. Yeah, but you I have Emmys. I, I You've been celebrated. People celebrate you. I was I was celebrated by association. They were celebrating John Stewart, and I received some celebration splash over. You were standing near him. Oh yes, many times. I've never stood near him. Uh, He's very handsome. I'd be uncomfortable. No, it's very nice. He's very approachable. The closest I've ever been is uh, Jessica Williams in Al Madrigal's office. That's pretty close. Yeah, but it's not standing next to him, buddy. And nobody was throwing Emmys at him at the time. That w- I wish that was how they delivered the Emmy to you on stage as they they threw it at you. <laughs> the closest I've been to Comedy Central star John Stewart was when I did craft service on Crowed Mandoon. <laughs> Crowed Mandoon. Uh, mm, I say Crowed. And the Flaming Sword of Fire. Sorry, I say Crowed. I would like it if they you just – You say Crowed, I say Crowed. Let's call the whole thing off. It's a regional thing. Yeah. I would like it if- – <laughs> Where I'm from, the East Coast, New Jersey, we call it, yeah. We call it Crodmandu, just like we say Mario. Oh, right. Sure, sure. And everyone hates it. I would like it if Now, when... what do you call the chocolate news? <laughs> <laughs> that's called that's called chocolate news. It's just about Juliet Binoche. I only Still hosted watch... by David Allen Greer, though, right? Very much so. Oh, I only watch Norm MacDonald's sports show. Oh, mm, sure. rest in peace. Uh... <laughs> what a great show that was. Uh, okay, so two things. First of all. I would like it that if they would just say they give John Stewart a dozen Emmys and he apportions them as he mm-hmm. sees fit. That's a dangerous idea. We haven't uh, said our guest name. Oh, really? <laughs> celebrated. You know that I'm celebrating. TV writer. Yeah, the host, one of the three hosts of the smash hit Max Fun podcast, The Flop House, uh, one of the most successful and longest running comedy podcasts in the world. Really? Except for Joe Rogan, I guess. Except for a lot of other ones. <laughs> um, it's up there. Elliot Kalin. Thank you so much for having me. You realize I like wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk before I was introduced. So I was like holding in so many words yeah. that I had to say about that. Uh, you're right to be, you're right to be 
you're right to be confused. We are rude to our guests. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to many episodes of the show, sure. and I've always wondered when when is the guest allowed to start talking? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to go. I know there's the part of the show that's it's Jordan and Jesse going. Sure, you know, just doing. Sure, just they got to start to go. Just Jordan and Jesse time, you know. Yeah. And the guest doesn't need to bump into that. Yeah, but they call the fans call it raw dog. And go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They will from now on. Yeah. Uh, what's important, basically, Elliot, is that the guest understand that we will not ask them any questions or include them in any mm. way. Oh, that's my look. I don't want to answer anything. Right. And that's because <laughs> well, certainly I will, on advice from your I, counsel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to plead the fifth that I have because I prefer to just assert things, interrupting other people whenever possible. Sure. Right. So I was on a uh, I was a guest on. A different podcast recently. What? And I'm sorry. I you apologize. motherfucker! It was a Max Fun podcast, though. I I still don't care. No. Okay. Yeah. It was a uh, it was recent Max Fun edition Jonah Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, fun! Hosted That's by fun. my friend Jonah Ray, yeah. and it was but it was uh, one of the things where I'm like, I'm I'm a guest here. I'm not gonna just ride roughshod over these people. Sure. I'm just gonna. Sit back and wait till it's my turn to talk. And afterwards, Jonah was like, I thought you were going to interrupt us more. <laughs> like, Isn't that what you do? And I'm like, all right. Well, sure. next time, that's what I'll do. I I'll... mean, you really lay back on the flop house. Oh, yeah. You just yeah. let the other guys do their thing. I'm just there to. <laughs> Jesse, that's Stuart. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're thinking of Stuart. That's... I thought, I thought he sounded no, different no. slash worse. <laughs> yeah. no, the, one who, the one who. Laying back on the flop house is Stuart's job at the top, and then Dan's job later on. As he gets very quiet, and then I have to ask him questions directly to draw him out of his shell. By the way, laying back on the flop house is my favorite single from that SoundCloud <laughs> white rapper. <laughs> I think I, t- I think I talked about this on the uh, on the show that we recorded at the Grand Canyon, which Stuart was one of the hosts. Oh, I can't of. wait to hear that. And um, wait no more. As as of the release of this show, it's on the Max Fun YouTube channel and in audio form uh, on the Max Fun donor feed. But uh, that one of the things that I really resent about Stuart, who's a lovely man and really talented, is that as a person with a pretty good radio voice, I often go out in public and meet people who are familiar with my voice, and then they cannot even manage to hide their disappointment with what I look like. <laughs> like, they can't. And Stuart also has a lovely radio voice uh, or podcast voice. And Stuart is very handsome. Oh, yeah. He looks just like he sounds. And I hate it every time. Every time I see him, I look at fucking Stuart, as handsome as he sounds. Yeah, but a lot of work went into that. Yeah, I believe that. Remember, Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of money, Mm, a lot of time uh, out of the country. You, oh you could say in, wow! In places where they do things to the human body that mm, are not quite legal sure, here. Sure, sure. Oh wow! Are you saying that he used to be like a minotaur and they they uh, sl- he took the words right out of my mouth? Yes, <laughs> he, he, yeah, and he, yes. he got went out on a plastic surgery barge <laughs> yes. off the coast of the Dominican Republic Once, out into international waters. He was the minotaur, and the thing is, oh wow! Everyone thinks Theseus killed the minotaur. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> he survived, and he, he opened survived. up a bar in Brooklyn. He got he got a load of he went into the witness protection program and turned the tables mm. on uh, whichever king of Crete built that labyrinth to, uh, to hard throw to say. People. I, you know what? At this point, yeah, one of those guys. I think it guys. was Abraham Lincoln, but don't quote mm-hmm. me on that. I won't quote you on that. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm gonna have to see your citation for that. <laughs> okay. But, uh, 
And, uh, and yeah, and, <laughs> it's a good oh. thing we have a bibliography for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Every podcast we like to construct a bibliography. Apparently, this article is a stub, and it needs further <laughs> citation. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, anyway, and then he opened a bar in Brooklyn eventually. So Wonderful the rapper. Oh, I was just saying, I think Batman should get his weed card because it's because it's it's stressful. He has right. a legit reason. That's a good point. To toke up at the end of the night. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. It might shatter some fantasies or illusions mm-hmm. or desires mm-hmm. or – Allusions. Allusions. <laughs> illusions uh, or allusions. My guess is that Alfred has had a medical card for a while now mm-hmm. and that Bruce just partakes of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean I've been that guy in my circle of friends before, the like, one guy who got the card and then there was like, hey, are you, if you're going, I'll give you 50 bucks, you know. And it's not a huge pain in the ass, but it's you know you resent it a little bit. Bruce because Bruce Wayne, like, Batman won't break the law except for all the laws he breaks constantly sure. in his nightly activities as mm-hmm. Batman. But if he's like Alfred, this isn't really breaking the law. Like it's kind of a gray area. I'm using it because I've got some pains and right. I have to fly in the Batwing later. And you know how I get about flying. <laughs> Just like uh, yeah. really Alfred's like Master Bruce. <laughs> I did it in a telephone call over lunch. It's not particularly difficult. Yeah, but I just feel weird. It costs $40, and you're a billionaire. And then he's like, he's like, what kind of edibles do you have, Alfred? And that's because he's very... You can go yourself. You go, you don't. Anyway, that's me. I'm Alfred in that situation. I have been Alfred in that fun sketch. So the rapper anyway. YG... That'd be good if Mad TV was still on the air. What if Batman got his weed card? I am constantly coming up with sketch ideas and getting very mad that there are very few outlets for sketches. Yeah. I have access to none of them. And I'll tell you one of these sketches after you finish the story about YG the rapper. Okay. It's not – again, I want to lower people's expectations. I just don't want to not deliver the end of this. So you're saying he replaces his C's with B's. Right, because he is a blood. Mm -hmm. And he, of course, his rival gang is the Crips. Sure. he would say that his favorite – Nibelodian song yeah. was Blarissa explains it all. <laughs> I think only he only does it at the beginning of the word. That's so his favorite being... Nickelodeon show oh, is he's gonna be really Blarissa explains it all. Right. But he's also he's literally living a Monty Python sketch where the guy realizes that he can't say C's, he can only say B's. Right. And the guy says, "Why don't you just start color with a K? Why don't you start Buller with a K?" He goes, "Color." Oh yeah. Oh, I, why, why didn't I think of that? What a silly bunt! And that's the that's the punchline to the <laughs> yeah. whole sketch. So he's literally living this Eric Idle sketch about a guy who can't can't say those words. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> and he has a song on one of his recent records, which again I really really like his music. Called uh, that's a play on the phrase "cool, calm, and collected." Mm. Uh, and the song is called. Bool, Balm, and Belective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he repeats that. That's the chorus of the song. It's about how he can kill different people and all this different do all these crimes and he's be shot at and killed and but he's he's cool, calm and collected the whole time. Right. And I think Good for it, him, by the way. There is no more perfect example of like a situation where that you know there was a recording engineer sitting there trying to decide whether to tell YG mm-hmm. that the expression is cool calm and collected <laughs> not cool calm and collective uh but then he just decides he's like well he already sounds so dumb <laughs> Because he's, he's saying all the words balm with the and collective. He's saying balm, which is <laughs> sure. a word. Forest for the trees. But also both of those like both like both the song is about 
and the reason that he's doing this dumb thing, his murderousness. Sure. So it's really like a trade-off, like, do I want to let this person who's currently rapping about how chill he is about murdering? So there you go. That kind of thing happens even with non-murderers. I've seen many times when someone is famous or even just the boss and they are wrong about something and everyone's like, okay, I guess that's the word we use for this from now on. Like, that's... He thinks that's the name of that person's dog, so I guess that's what we're going to call that dog from now on. I heard one kind of like reverse of that story that I thought was pretty magical from Ben Harrison, mm-hmm. uh, who's one the, of the, the – president. The, yes, president exactly. President Benjamin Harrison. <laughs> yes. Uh, ben Harrison, the host of uh, Friendly Fire and Greatest Generation here at MaximumFun.org. Um, ben is from Oakland. And he had a buddy who worked uh, when they were in college at a recording studio in Oakland. And one day E-40 came in uh, in order to record a guest verse on like an R&B song, like a local R&B song. And they had booked a three-hour session and it was like – A minnow tour is what it's called. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the minnow was on a three-hour tour. Got it. Not because it's half man, half bull. <laughs> wow. It's a different minnow no. tour. Got it. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I apologize for weaving an audio tapestry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we got to set the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, E-40 went in with his, you know, with his, with his uh, entourage. And you know E-40 rolls deep. 40 people, I assume. Oh, roughly. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the whole staff of Sickwit Records. So, they all go in. They all go in there and they're all just, you know, E-40. I don't know if you know this about E-40, uh, but he carries jug wine with him because it's actually i think sad because he's an alcoholic <laughs> but uh it's right like it's a, a fine line it's a his. fine line between my cute quirk and uh get help yeah but i mean the man's you know one of his one of his nicknames is 40 water mm-hmm. uh so-called because he drinks 40s like water uh because again it's actually sad because he's an alcoholic but uh e40 went in with all his, with all his buddies into the studio and, you know, they're just drinking jug wine and getting high and uh, like two hours and 45 minutes go by. Um, and E-40 comes out to the front desk, which is where this where this Ben's buddy worked and said, hey, man, you white. What does equestrian mean? <laughs> and uh, Ben's buddy goes, uh, I mean, having to do with horses. And E-40's like, all right, cool. And he goes back in the he goes back in the studio, fucking writes a verse and records it in the last fifteen minutes. Uh, that's about the word equestrian, and leaves. And it was like the greatest triumph of uh, the hip hop yeah. art in the history of. Is that uh, available somewhere? Has that did that ever? I think come so out? you're gonna have to do a you're gonna have to do a search of uh, you know uh, rap genius or the original mm-hmm. hip hop lyrics archive uh, if you want to find that one. Um, but I do, I do, I also don't want you to do that in case it's not a true story. Uh, the, <laughs> on the subject of death. Yes. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Guys, let's bring, we've been having a lot of fun, let's but the Reaper real. comes for us all. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think about it a lot. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Jesse, we talked about your trip with your kids to Legoland. 
Yeah, in Carlsbad, California. Uh, where the oh, where I the go there. just weaving a tapestry, Ellie. Yeah, no, that's great. Where the stink of death is potent, as yeah. potent as the corn dogs. Sure. Uh, and it reminded me no, of a... the killing fields of northern San Diego. <laughs> sure, <laughs> right. Um, it reminded me of. I think this is a story you told on the Flophouse, Elliot, of Possibly. you taking your son to a famous showbiz cemetery. Oh yeah, we went to what's the one? What's the really really big one? It's not. Uh, Hollywood Forever? I don't – it's not – no, Forest Lawn. Yeah. We went to – Hollywood Forever we need to go to. Yeah. And we really want to go see Groucho's Grave, which is at a Jewish cemetery that I don't remember the name of. But he talks about it with me every now and then where he's like, we're going to go see Groucho's Grave, right, Dad? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> we went to – but uh, Flophouse – Where well, Okay, so where did he learn about Groucho's Grave? Well, OK. Well, I'll go back even further. So okay. my son has – I have indoctrinated him into the Marx Brothers. Sure. We spent 30 minutes today watching the beginning of Horse Feathers. Because he and I are watching all the Marx Brothers movies in chronological order. Your son is four. Yes. So what does he like about them? The harp songs? He does love Harpo. Uh-huh. Anything Harpo's doing, he finds hilarious. The harp songs he will sit through. But he finds Harpo hilarious. He finds any time where Harpo – where Chico asks Harpo. And I say Chico because of years of Dan McCoy berating me about St. Chico. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime – Chico asks Harpo for something, and Harpo gives him an object that rhymes with the object Chico asked for. thinks that's hilarious. That it's a game funny. he loves to play on our backyard trampoline. We have to reenact that scene while jumping. And, uh, but he, like, he finds the physical stuff very funny, and I think he enjoys seeing me laugh at the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm. I can see him getting a little bored during the Groucho scenes because it's all talk, talk, talk. I find it hilarious. But I can see, he'll, he'll be like, where's Harpo? When's Harpo coming back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we went to – Dan McCoy, my co-host on the Flophouse, was in town for a Los Angeles show that we did that Jordan joined us for because Stuart had hurt himself and couldn't fly. Oh, that was a great show. I remember listening to that show on the podcast and loving it. Oh, thanks. I enjoyed it a lot. The only thing that would have made it better is if Dan had hurt himself. And, <laughs> and I would have been the star of the show. Um, but we were like looking for things to do and we are like, why don't we go visit – like Chico and Gummo are both buried at Forest Lawn. Let's just go there. And we went and I was like, there's so many celebrity graves there I wanted to visit. Some of the best ones are behind lock and key. Can't go over to Humphrey Bogart's grave. Uh, That's behind sure. a locked door because I don't know. He needs privacy in the afterlife. He's gone, everybody. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, you know the ghost of Bogart's fucking. Oh, Wait. You know yeah, he's you know fucking. You Humphrey know Bogart is dead? Oh, I hate yeah, to break he's this dead. To you. Then he that was his... Ghost. <laughs> that you had sex with yeah. that night? Yeah. Uh, in a Dan Aykroyd type scenario? Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we went there and he really liked it a lot. And so we've been talking about going to Groucho's so, grave. Do you think Dan Aykroyd thinks he's had he's gotten a blowjob from a ghost? I don't know that he's reached that you mean level a, of senility yet. <laughs> so you're talking, are you talking about a bu- 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 blowjob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Aykroyd believes a lot of things. I yeah. mean, he can still tell movies he's been in from okay. his real life. Mm-hmm. He hasn't reached Ronald Reagan level But they yet. say write what you know. I think he's got a screenplay credit on that thing. Oh, the, oh, the he wrote – I mean Ghostbusters was Dan Aykroyd's baby from day one. And he is I think the third in a multi-generational dynasty of Canadian paranormal investigators. Oh, yeah. You don't have to tell me this. I'm friends with John Hodgson. <laughs> <laughs> John Hodgson uh, – that reminds me of uh, a new podcast that John and I have been, do- have been doing to zero listeners, which is called John Hodgman Calls Elliot While He's Driving Over to Pick Up His Son from School. <laughs> and it's uh, my favorite new podcast. Anyway, I wish people could listen to it, but you can't. It's a phone call. Oh. But uh, we had a very long discussion with him between me, him, and his son over 
which character in Friends is the worst? In, oh, wow. In the show, the, in the show the sitcom Friends. Okay. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the hit sitcom. Right. Uh, which was the which character was the best and which was the worst? Mm-hmm. Which was the most entertaining, or who was the no, like, like best the, person? Who's the, who would you want to know ever as a human being, mm-hmm. and who would you never want to know as a human being? Boy, I you know, friends. I kind of missed friends. I have seen I've seen some friends, but it. I remember I remember at some point in life having a discussion with. Some of my friends about the show, friends, mm-hmm. uh, and you said check, please. And it... you were hanging out at a coffee shop called Central Port, <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we also get serve sausage. coffee, sausage. And that sounds great. Yeah, that does sound nice. You can stir already... your coffee with your sausage. Oh, some problem I always have, always have at coffee places. I don't like coffee. You right. Know, what am I going to buy while I'm there? I end up getting either a bottle of water or. It, coffee places always seem to have just coffee or the biggest pieces of cake or like enormous <laughs> sure, chocolate yeah. chip cookies. It's like, all right, I guess I'm having a chocolate giant dessert at 10 a.m. and some ice water, <laughs> <laughs> um, a nice brownie and some ice water. <laughs> this is my uh, breakfast today. And I remember talking with the friends about friends and them all, them all. And, and me revealing myself to be a fraud because a friend fraud, a friend fraud, a fraud. because I thought that the monkey was always a part of the show, but the uh, monkey had left two or three seasons <laughs> earlier. Yeah. And I had to kind of own up to the fact that I thought Friends was a show about a man and his monkey. Mm. It's interesting. And there were some tertiary characters. So, yeah, I that is definitely not one of those things I am nostalgic for. Uh, I saw a handful. I You know, I know Ross and Rachel. I know Rachel's haircut. Uh, Tom Selleck was involved at some point. Uh, but the yeah, I don't know a lot of so I don't think I would be able to hang in a discussion about the quality of people. Oh, Smelly Cat! I remember Smelly Cat. Anyway, yeah, so you know all the stuff that would appear like on commercials. For sure. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. While I was tuning in for the single guy, <laughs> or Seinfeld, or Seinfeld, it was must see TV. Must see Seinfeld, Friends, the single guy. Carolyn in the city. Carolyn in the city. Yeah. Aisha Tyler. The Which black we, I, we watched a lot. We watched a lot of Carolyn in the city. What's great house. about Carolyn in the city is the city was really a character. In the yeah, movie. that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank you, you really got a sense that this story mm-hmm. couldn't happen not in the city. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was pretending to be a plane. I didn't want to listen to Elliot. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Jordan went into an apocalypse now. Few. Days. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing that uh, to drop a thread and pick up another. Oh, one. the horror. Whenever my dad, whenever I'd ask my dad as a kid about the 60s, he'd always go, it was a different time. And then kind of be quiet for a little bit. And I could feel him turning his head and then hear the chopper blades like, all along the watchtower. Yeah. But my dad did not serve in the military. Like he was, it was, sure. But that just was my idea of what the 60s was. was mm-hmm. I guess one everybody time, was in Vietnam at the time. One time I was talking to my dad about what the 60s were like. And he's like, yeah, I spent a summer painting my bathroom to look like the inside of a serviceman's coffin. Oh, boy. And I was like, whoa! Whoa! <laughs> like, he fucking 12 out of 10 me. Anytime he just 12 out of 10 me, like the extent to which my dad did that shit in the 60s is so extraordinary that like I could never, I can't even process it. Uh-huh. Much less imagine that my dad, a real person, actually did it. It was a different time. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to ask so you. the worst person. Oh, the worst friends. Ross. Worst friend. Now, he. this is played by Schwimmer. Yes. Who was a paleontologist. He was a paleontologist. And known to monkey for not long enough. Yes. And uh, best, they were making a case for Joey. I made a case for Phoebe. 
Being the best. Being the best. Being yeah. someone where and I mean partly because I have friends who basically are Phoebe. Mm, so sure. I'm like, this is someone I could see having. Yeah. Which one, is, which one is Phoebe? Phoebe is Lisa, Kud- Lisa Kudrow. Lisa, uh, well, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> yeah. One thing about Lisa Kudrow is I had Lisa Kudrow one time on Bullseye, and she's cool as shit. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. talking to Lisa Kudrow, I was like, man, Lisa Kudrow's great. I want to be friends with Lisa Kudrow. Executive producer of one of the best genealogy television shows that's ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Top 10 anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I never I've I've watched um one episode of Friends all the way through. It was when Lisa Kudrow came on Bullseye. I watched the pilot of Friends. I but I've seen many incidental minutes of it on Must See TV. Mm-hmm. But like certainly I don't think like there are parts of my like uh adolescent identity that uh I have let go of pretty thoroughly, I think. Um certainly being a big fan of the hip hop group Arrested Development, um, that kind of thing, but like, uh, I don't think I could give Friends a fair shake. No, I, I think at this point, uh, probably not. I just feel like I'm too much of as I was becoming who I was. Too much of me was invested in uh, liking Seinfeld and hating Friends. Uh, yeah, well, liking news radio and hating Friends also to some extent. Oh, news radio is way better than Friends um, to me. But then I'm a weird guy. Yeah. I like, I like weird shows about weird people. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm not a Not normal us. shows about sex pots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and monkeys. And a monkey. For not quite long enough. Jordan, I feel like we cut off your story yeah, you about that. you were going to say something about Oh, no, that. I was going to ask you just because because I about found that story a, so delightful that you guys view. go to celebrity <laughs> graveyards. I was going to ask uh, if you had gone on any other child trips with your child and where to. Uh, I mean, we go lots of places. Yeah, mainly playgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's where his interest lies. The sure. Most. Um, we went to uh, for my birthday last year. I really wanted to go to an art museum. Mm-hmm. We went to Lacma, mm-hmm. and he was he did the funniest thing where we were in the painting section, which he liked for a little bit, and then it was lunchtime. Yeah, it was time to go. Sure. Yeah. And I kept getting distracted by things because I'm a dad. Yeah. And I have to read everything that is written on a wall. Right. Yeah. That's why. Sure. And you got to get a little education while you're there. When am I going to be there again? Sure. And uh, probably sometime. And uh, I was looking at paintings. I'm like, isn't this cool, Sam? And he was like, yeah, yeah. It's great, Dad. It's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, Dad. Sure, Dad. It's, let's, lunch. let's go. Let's get lunch. And but uh, I want to go to that weirdly fancy Marie Calendars that's near there. Oh, no. We went across the street and ate food out of a truck. Oh, that's ah, fun. Yeah, there's that some nice fun. trucks there. Yeah, it was good. Good truck scene over there by LACMA. I signed up for an art museum membership because my friend Noe convinced me that children are willing to go to the art, mu- art museum if you just say we're going to the art museum. Mm-hmm. And it has worked astonishingly well. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't get more than 90 minutes out of it. Yes. But. That's pretty I good. like. I yeah fuck it I like going to the art museum let's just go to the fucking art museum the, the, he and I we went to when we went to New York over New Year's to visit family and friends and such forth he and I we had a day where it was just me and him and we went to the Met which I haven't been to in years and I used to go when I was in college I had a membership to that museum and I would just go and hang out there like I would go so there were, there were weekend days where I would go when it opened and I'd stay till it closed. Nice. Get yourself a nice uh, brownie and some ice water. Yeah, <laughs> just I mean, stroll. Well, I mean, once I have the membership, I don't need to buy something to stay in the museum. Yeah, but, but yeah, I would get a brownie and ice water, and then uh, and is I'd this just, like an E forty story? Is this just actually about? Is this just actually about the tragedy of your young life? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that I was cultured, uh, but um, then he was like, really? I would go in the bathroom stall and cry. <laughs> there was certainly a point where. 
he would he like t- shuts down. He's like no more. But he was really into seeing a lot of stuff, and like he'll sit and look at something for a long time if it really catches his eye. And there's a thing at LACMA that's this kinetic dealy where it's cars going through a city. Yeah, it's sure. called Metropolis. Metropolis, and he could sit and watch that forever. And it's mesmerizing. It's amazing, and it's little cars driving around, which is his favorite thing in the world. Yeah, that is almost a like a. If if the joke of that was, I've seen this too. This thing is fucking amazing. It's really it's you like can a, watch like video. If you can't go to it, watch a video of this thing. Yeah. There's a lot of good videos of this thing online. It is essentially like a maybe twenty foot by twenty foot mm-hmm. block of car roads mm-hmm. and fake city pieces mm-hmm. made out of every kind of thing that you would build a children's city out of blocks and. Uh, things like that, and then the cars go up to the top of a thing, and they race down. But there's there's literally like two thousand cars on all these intertwined tracks, and there's trains going around, and it's like the densest pool of activity, which obviously is why it's an artistic uh, expression of what a city mm-hmm. is like. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that yeah, if the joke of this thing was we let a hyper five year old conceive of an art piece, like yes. I that that would absolutely track to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was, it's really something. There's there's like also an opposite piece that my children are on board for, it's which called block a stone. Sure. Well, I mean, yes, uh, <laughs> it's not called block a stone, but there's this piece called levitated mass that is. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. It, essentially, it is uh uh it is a like a uh, uh it's like a boulder. Right? It's an art boulder. So I, I was I was trying to describe what the thing is that you walk through. What's that? A channel. It's like a. It's almost like a pedestrian underpass. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It goes under a boulder, like Wiley e. Coyote dropped a boulder. Yeah, and yeah. the boulder is so huge that they Sponsored had to from a like... generous grant from the Acme Company. Yeah, <laughs> the boulder from is... our friends at Bank of America and Acme. <laughs> the boulder is so huge that it, like, they had to like do things like take remove uh, light poles along the route that it came to the LACMA. It, it caught. It took. 40 years between when the art piece was conceived and when it was implemented and so on and so forth. And it sits above this pedestrian underpass with only the tiniest amounts of the boulder supported on either side. So you're essentially walking underneath this boulder that's so immense you almost can't imagine it's real. It's like an Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail like a, <laughs> uh, like challenge. Almost. Yes. It's like, do you have faith? To walk mm, sure, the yeah. And it's so, I mean, it really is so big that, that my son Oscar touched it and he said, it feels like a real rock. And I said, honey, it is a real rock. And he said, it's a real rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. I realized just now. Feats said, don't fail me now. I said, Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail. It's Indiana mm. Jones and the Last Crusade. I just couldn't remember the full title. Yeah. But I now I want to see. Indiana Jones and the Meaning of Life. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Indiana Jones is Life of Brian. Yeah. Sure. But the, uh, the, yeah, he likes that a lot too. Walking under that boulder, there's a, it's funny. Well, it's it's breathtaking. I mean, it's completely awe inspiring, and I like it because unlike the Grand Canyon, which made me sick to my stomach and made me want to cry because I was worried that I would fall. Uh, there's no worry about falling. Something falling mm-hmm. on me is not a worry for me. It's interesting what you're talking about about having the ro- the route it had to take. That's what the obelisk that's outside of the Metropolitan Museum in New York. Look, guys, 
I'm from the New York area. Everything's got to be compared to what's like in you know, New York I for didn't, me. I didn't know until you started talking like that. Hey, maybe you don't know I'm from New Jersey, and uh, <laughs> we're like little New York. Sure. So when people ask us where we're from, we just say New York. Uh, you know why we can't have good obelisks here in Los Angeles? It's the water. It's the water. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm always walking around L.A., and I'm like, this time of night in New York, I could be having an yeah. obelisk. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have obelisks, but they close at two. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, has no one realized that you can – Call up and order an obelisk and have it delivered to your house. It's not that crazy. <laughs> but uh, the it's this. Hello, ob- I'm calling from my car phone. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it's called Cleopatra's Needle because they all are all mm-hmm. Egy- ancient Egyptian obelisks. Sure, but, and it was brought over in the late 19th century, and it's like they had to do they had to construct like a train track just to bring it from the harbor to where the museum was <laughs> and it, like and they had to move it so slowly and it was so long that they had to, they were like moving things out of the way and it's there's a whole book about it that uh where they, they just talk about the process of moving this thing. It sounds astonishing. Jeez, I can't believe my tax dollars went to that. I mean, uh, my kid could move that obelisk. <laughs> there is a museum in there is a museum in London <laughs> called the Sir John Soane Museum that I Sir John Soane. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, he's a minor royalty. Um, so I went there just on a kind of on a recommendation from somebody or something a, a few years ago. And I was like, oh, this is my favorite museum I've ever been to in my entire life. It's the greatest thing ever. And uh, the guy who the guy who created this museum was a pioneering architect in the, I'm going to say, early 18th century. Let's call it that. Okay. Late 18th century, something like that. Um, and he, among other things, like he invented – Making a copy of classical architecture, uh, like a scale model of classical architecture so that you could use it to teach architecture classes. Before that, everyone just had to go to the classical architecture. Like, well, your assignment tonight is to go to the Acropolis. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, sure. Come back. It's like, Check right, it out. This is like a seven-week journey. <laughs> okay. But like at the time, the fucking hottest shit in the world. Like if you were the fucking – if you were the – if you were the P. Diddy – white party thrower of London in the 18th century. The shit you had to have was a sarcophagus. Oh, yeah. They loved that stuff. Yeah. And so they got it. He, so Sir John Stone had a sarcophagus. Now, this is actually sounds a lot like – this is actually something I've done. I've talked about it. I talked about it on the show years ago when it happened. But I went to Nicholas Cage's estate sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Cage. I thought you were just going to say years ago, uh, like when the show started in the mid 18th century. <laughs> yeah, in the mid 18th century. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was you, us and Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Um, you were an antiquities robber. Yeah, um, podcast was a lot more exciting then. Um, Nicholas, I went to Nicholas Cage's estate sale. Famously, has tax problems, and there was a thing where you could go and just paw through Nicholas Cage's shit. Uh, Nicholas Cage. See what he ate? Like what kind of seeds? <laughs> You're right. Yes. In his scat? And we knew he was around because it was still warm. <laughs> oh wow! Nicholas Cage is here. He's stalking us. Uh, Are we the hunters of the hunted? <laughs> Nicholas Cage. A lot of sarcophaguses. Sarcophagi. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sure. A lot of them. Anyway. So he was the that guy of Cleopatra's now. needles. Sure, yeah. Well, uh, he has a he, they, he has, oh uh, mummy night 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 cases. <laughs> so he has this is, uh, this is so, my mummy sleepy box. Yeah, <laughs> night night mummy. <laughs> so in your sleepy box, he built a mausoleum into the bottom of his house. So Nicholas the, Cage, the uh, the Sir John Stone. Oh, the Nicholas, Nicholas Cage, Cage of does, his day. Nicholas Cage does have a pyramid shaped mausoleum in New Orleans that he plans to be. Oh, that's nice. In honor of his legendary work in the film uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. I gotta believe it. It's a combination, I guess it's a combination of national treasure. Yeah. The uh, the pyramid being the 
eye on the dollar that tells you where Ben Franklin's bones are buried. I have not seen this movie. I love the idea that you need a secret code to find where Ben Franklin's bones are buried. Yeah. Just look it up. Yeah. Well, those are the fake bones. Well, they buried his... Because he didn't want to be cloned. Exactly. Underneath his gravestone is where his flesh was buried. Mm. His bones were removed. Yeah. Um, uh, so Sir John Soane uh, as a mausoleum in his basement, in his basement like for, in Game of Thrones. for the sarcophagus, him and his dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in order to install the sarcophagus, they built the first he built the mausoleum. Then he took out the middle of the floor of the two floors above the mausoleum and installed a railway. So every part of the house, you can look down at the sarcophagus. And then finally, he realized that they couldn't get the sarcophagus in the house, so he removed the entire facade of his home so that they could install the sarcophagus, then replaced the entire facade of his home. This is like, you know, uh, whatever, brickwork or whatever, Mm -hmm. stonework. So you couldn't just, like, take out a hole, a sarcophagus-sized hole. They had to take the whole thing off, put the sarcophagus in, put it down, and then he had a fucking epic week-long sarcophagus party <laughs> where just he invited everybody and everybody just milled just around. fucks up on opium. Oh, it was gorgeous. Okay. We have a sarcophagus party to throw, so right. we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ellie Kalen. Along for the ride, and I don't know where it's going, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know where it's going, buddy. You got yeah. Max Fun Drive on your show. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Max Fun Drive is, I think, maybe the most exciting time of the year. Easily. Yeah, it's definitely the one where. I apologize. It wasn't. No contest! <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of exciting times. Christmas? There. Go fuck yourself! I mean, I'm coming, what about... off, I'm coming off a real high from Passover. So... <laughs> I know Passover's pretty good. Yeah, what about March Madness? No way! You got the men's NCAA tournament and the women's NCAA tournament. Shove your bracket up your ass! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> What's this voice? <laughs> hey, <laughs> musical <laughs> guest! Florence of the Machine! <laughs> oh, no, that was like a WFAN show that just turned into yeah. the Don Pardo, <laughs> who I think has been dead for years. Yeah, are you, are you Mike or the dog. Mad Dog? Hard to say, really. <laughs> some, some days he's Mike, some days he's the Mad Dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Max Fun Drive, if you haven't heard on this or any other Max Fun show, is the one two-week period a year, actually even a little bit less mm-hmm. than two weeks in the year, when we come to you, hat mm-hmm. in hand, and mm-hmm. say, if you love this show or you love other shows in the Max Fund Network, will you please pay for it? Um, it's easy to do. There's lots of cool prizes. All you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Can I tell a, a personal story about the no. – about come, mm-hmm. Elliot, please. Oh, right. okay. It's good. <laughs> I think you'll like it. <laughs> Jordan, the Max Fund Drive isn't about you. If this show were about you, your name would be in the title. Yes, I know, I know. It's about you uh, talking about this your favorite Michael B. Jordan movies. It's about YG. Yeah. Um, Personal story. Max Fund Drive. Let's go. So, this is more along the lines of the importance of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And something I like so much about the Max Fund Drive is that it's it's a time for uh, Jordan. Can I interject here, real please? Quick? Would you please? <laughs> Thank you. Creed. 
That's my favorite Michael G. Michael B. Jordan movie. <laughs> it's a good one. I loved it's a good one. I loved it. Yeah. it. My favorite is the Thin Man remake. I want to make with Michael B. Jordan and Anna Kendrick. <laughs> so a fake movie. So well, it doesn't have to be a fake movie. Yeah. If someone can wrest the rights away from Johnny Depp, who has been trying for years to get a Thin Man remake done with him as Nick Charles, which is a stupid idea. Sure. Because Johnny Depp is just going to do a fucking imitation of William Powell, who is perfect <laughs> as Nick Charles. Why would you try to top perfect? Okay. Okay. Let's get back to Jordan. <laughs> do you think that? Johnny Depp will will rescind the rights if Michael B. Jordan promises to wear nine scarves in the film. Yeah, but he's going to be counting. He's going to go frame by frame counting those scarves. Like, oh, he only has eight in this one. Here's, Movie's here's my off. concern, Jordan. My concern is that somehow we transition from you telling this story mm-hmm. to you as a batting practice pitcher for Elliot, <laughs> who's in a sort of like Elliot home run derby. Right. <laughs> which is talking about his dream casting for a remake of the Thin Man <laughs> movies. <laughs> Uh, so, so personal something I like so much yeah. about the Max Fun Drive yeah. is it's it's not only a time uh, for listeners to support these great shows that they like so much, but it's also a time for them to to get on get on social media, to get on Reddit, and talk about why they love the shows. And a lot of it has really been hitting me where I live. Hmm. Blackburn Avenue. <laughs> That's my street. Uh, it's really been hitting me where I live uh, because I – and particularly I had this moment uh, this week where I, I – a little bit of a, a little bit of a career disappointment. Uh, one of my beloved uh, – what I felt was consistent sources of freelance writing income uh, turned out to be not so consistent. Wow. It just – it flew out the window. Uh, I was sad to see it go. Uh, and, uh, you know, better times ahead perhaps, but, but it was, it was a, it was a, it was a crummy, it was a crummy situation. And, but it also coincided to a time where I had to drive to a big fucking family thing. And when you feel like your life isn't going great, the last thing one wants to do is be surrounded by family. <laughs> you want to be alone. Yeah. But I no, mean, I think... I think especially if you if the disappointment is, and this is something that folks who uh, folks who have actual jobs might, like one of the weird things about working in show business mm-hmm. is that you're constantly having to explain that you, ha- that how you make a living. Sure. And if it's even if it's going well, it's often something where people are like, I don't know. I've never heard of it. Sure. And when it's not going how you'd like, uh, it can be doubly difficult. As, yeah. As my friend Nick White, who used to work here at Max Fun, say, have you ever tried to explain what podcasting is to your dentist? Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, mine Mine is always to an aunt at a wedding. Yeah. Are you, you a weird aunt you're seated next to at a wedding? <laughs> yeah. Who asks what you do? Uh, so yeah, no, this was a thing. Was like you know, if 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 you, you you know, you can have a little disappointing time around your close family, but this was a thing where it was like, I've got this step family, and they've got neighbors who are going to be here, and it's just going to be this thing where I have to chit chat with people, and I don't want to, I don't want, to, I don't right. want to. And plus, it was a long drive. It's all the way down to Orange County, so that's that can be two hours on the fucking freeway. Yeah. And I got in the car, and I put my iPhone. On my little iPhone cradle so it can give me the map to go down to this fucking thing I don't want to do. And the little blip pops up that said there is a new episode of The Flop House. Mm. And I, I I was so – I was I can't, I can't believe how happy I was. It, it was such a fucking 180 flip from this. I got to do this ride, this drive to this thing I don't want to do. 
I'm like, no, you know what? I have a fucking excuse to sit and listen to three of the funniest humans oh, so that I that I that I could not love more just goof around in my ears and I get to laugh and forget this bad day and I get to go into this this thing I don't want to do in a 90% better mood the power of podcasts they are a powerful thing you turn that bad drive into a max fun drive i sure did <laughs> oh wow yes <laughs> oh, thanks that's very sweet of you but not say. a drive angry 3d no, oh, too bad. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely kind of know firsthand that 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 podcast, you know, more so than TV or movies or other kinds of media that do a similar thing. I don't know. They are just, there's a, you know, they're just a little more special. There's a very intimate connection mm-hmm. between the listener and the podcaster mm-hmm. that even goes beyond. I think it's something that like. When you listen to people talk about like Gene Shepard on the radio, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But it, in a way, it even goes beyond that because you know when Gene Shepard is talking on the radio, it's being broadcast out into the waves and you just happen to be able to catch it. Whereas a podcast is something that you are – like that new episode came mm-hmm. in and you called it up. Mm-hmm. And you like – there's just something about it that makes it feel like there's more of a relationship between you and the podcasters. And Max Fun Drive is a way to like yeah. strengthen that relationship in some ways by – it's like the – I don't know. It's like it, it kind of reinforces just how strong that relationship is in a way that like I know uh, means a lot to us on the Flophouse. I assume means a lot to you guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it's really nice. And I, th- and I think that, you know, just, just know that the people who are doing it for Max Fun, um, you know, the only way they can, you know, they can break even doing it is be if you uh, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate uh, and, you know, think of it like a tip. You tip your bartender. You tip your you tip your rideshare driver. You tip your barista if you're if you're nice. Uh, why not tip your podcasters? Do you feel it really... like you have an intimate relationship with any of those people? No way! I hate them. <laughs> I actively dislike them. I'm pitching a Cinemax show right now about having an intimate uh, relationship with your rideshare driver. <laughs> oh boy! Now it's called intimate relationships, which is the kind of yeah. title those shows would have. Or is it called like? Uh, is it called like Night Ride? Uh, it's called like Dick Lift. Okay. Oh so sure, the, yeah. <laughs> and it's the it's, yeah. these are the tales that li, that lift, lift driver dick. Richard Lift tells, <laughs> yeah. his, tells his passengers. But uh, anyway, the uh, the not to just not to piggyback too much on your Max Fun drive story, but the uh, I will say that it's like uh, being part of the Flophouse and a part of Max Fun has one. It's provided a link. With me. I moved recently from New York to Los Angeles, and it's a big move, which it seems like it shouldn't be in the 21st century when I can literally – I was talking on FaceTime with my sister who lives in London this morning. Mm-hmm. It was 9 a.m. for me and 5 p.m. for her. Like this is crazy. What's going on, Earth? And uh, But it still feels like a long – you're a long way away from people. And the Flophouse has provided this – and this MaxFun community has provided like a link between me and the people I left behind. It's provided a community that I can be a part of here in Los Angeles. And it's also through the drive – it's helped me stay afloat in a, in a not insignificant way at a time when I'm like rebuilding my career basically from kind of scratch because an awful lot of people are not interested in hiring me for the things that I want to be hired for. So it's like a it's it's a real it's not an insignificant thing. You know, it's a very meaningful thing and it means a lot to to me and to all of us. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's it's like when you are doing when we're, when you're doing a show like this one or like the flop house, like. You know, sometimes you'll do one of these shows and you'll put it out and you're like, God, that was really funny. You know, I think everybody's going to like this. We had a great time. We talked. We laughed. And then 
you know, you look on social media or you look on Reddit and just the first thing you see is somebody correcting a comment you made about universal monsters or something. And you're like, why am I doing this? (laughs) And it's so nice to go online after you put out a show now and say people like, hey. By the way, Elliot, please stop doing that. (laughs) Get your universal monster stuff straight. (laughs) No, I know. Yeah. Uh, And it's weird that you you will text Dana Gould and ask him to back you up on stuff. (laughs) There's no one else I trust about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And D. Gould. And uh, yeah, so it's so nice to go online, you know, where people are talking about the shows and instead of them <laughs> correcting minor things that you got wrong <laughs> in conversation saying, hey, I love this show. It makes me feel great. And I'm supporting it with a little cash because it means something to me. So it's really, really nice. It's a great feeling. Yeah, I I really like when I I love to hear like stories about how it has changed people's lives in extraordinary ways. But that's very difficult for me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty anhedonic. Uh, I have a hard time, uh, like, uh, uh, accepting any kind of big emotion from anyone um, and certainly happy ones. Um, So, like, you know, when people tell us about how it got them through a really hard time in their life, I I can only appreciate it intellectually sometimes because it's a little overwhelming. But something that I really love hearing is like so, when somebody just says like, yeah, I mean, I spend 10 bucks a month on Hulu. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be you guys were here for me when I was getting chemotherapy, which is a wonderful thing to hear. It is a totally amazing thing to hear. But I just love when people just say like, look, I know that you could put this behind a paywall and you don't because – you know, there's a lot of reasons we we don't. I don't want to put anything behind a paywall. I want people to be able to, you know, I want people who don't have any money to be able to listen to mm-hmm. it. I want people to be able to give it a try. Yeah. I want people to be able to share it with other people when something they think is cool happens on it. Whatever, right? I, I want it to be out there and available. But it is like it's so cool to me that people who I am not forcing to give us money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just say like, yeah, this is worth ten bucks. You know, like, yeah, I like this. I, I, you know, I, this is good. That is weirdly like the most, the most, uh, the most nurturing or uh, nutritive bit of feedback that I get from the Max Fund Drive is just thinking like, sure, there's people in the world where they needed something to distract them from uh, the clowns in Washington. <laughs> they needed something to get them through the really, you know, a family illness or an illness of their own or, or whatever it is. And all that stuff is so awesome. But honestly, the core meal for me of the Max Fund Drive is just thinking, yeah, that's great. Like these people think that I'm doing a that we're doing a good thing that's worth paying for like other things that are professional and you know what i mean like that is i know it sounds like a you guys work on real entertainment but like for me that's that's a such a powerful piece of evidence that we're doing something right um doing something real yeah yeah and it's so beautiful and i know that it also you know especially for you guys i mean we're talking about how weird and hard it is to have those kind of freelance jobs you know, like our, our producer, you know, our producer Brian is, you know, he spent a, he spent a year as a union writer on a television program, which is an amazing job that he'd been working his, you know, his first 15 years of his professional career to get to. And, you know, the show, it's unclear what the future of that job is, you know, and we're able to say like, oh, we, we 
Brian, we, we can pay you to do this work no matter what because we love you and – you know, we, we we come in here and make the show. Yeah, anyway. sure. And instead of having to leave the show to, you know, write specs or drive Lyft or work at Starbucks or kind of the things that, you know, you do when you're between shit, you can say, no, people are – I have bosses. They're, you know, cutting me a check every month. So I have to come in and do my job, which is make a podcast. And that's great when one of your – you know, one of your hustles can be making a podcast for people instead of, you know, one of those other things. I mean, I know that was a big deal for you guys, Elliot, when you came to Max Fun was that you guys have been busting your asses making this amazing show for years and years and years by then. Yeah, we did it for a long time, just kind of throwing it out into the ether just to do it. And it reached it. I know, I think, I think I, certainly in my life, but in their lives too, I think we've reached a point where it's like it's more difficult as you get older to do that, to do something just to do it. But also like it did, it was a, yeah, it was a real validation and it's dumb that we live in a world where money is a validation that is like above all, it's like love is the top validation and then sex is like right below that Mm -hmm. and then money. Yeah, it is, buddy. (laughs) But that like it did, it was like, oh yeah, people really like do care about this and we can treat it like something that we really can take seriously and put effort and Put it at time and not not feel like the time and energy we're putting into it is possibly foolish, despite all the pleasure we get out of it. That oh, this is like a real thing that we can do now, and it's enabled us to do stuff like travel and do shows in different parts of the country and stuff like that. That I don't think we would be do, able to do otherwise because the 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 costs for doing that up front with not always sure about what the payoff would be, I think would have been too too big an obstacle for us. Yeah, I mean, I I'm like one of the things that I see and understand as a guy who like puts together podcasts. You know, I mean, besides this podcast, obviously, Max Fun has we've created, uh, a, you know, five or six shows in the last couple of years uh, that I'm really proud of. And one of the things that I understand is that there's there's a certain there's a certain something you can get out of people when they're not being paid. Um, and there is a certain something that you can get out of people when they are being paid, and it's not really a matter of nobody is getting rich in any Max Fun shows. Uh, That's something I want to talk to you about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd like to be rich, please. I'd really love to be rich. Thus far, but like I know that for somebody like you, Elliot, who you know when when you've been working on Mystery Science Theater 2000 or The Daily Show, which are very demanding jobs. Um, for somebody like you know Margaret Wappler from Pop Rocket, who's a freelance journalist, uh, which is a very demanding job, you know. Uh, for all April Wolf from Switchblade Sisters, you know, who's a film critic, and that's a very demanding job. The fact that this is a real professional thing um, gives them the room in their lives to make room to do these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gives them the opportunity to say, okay, I know that I'm going to have to do, spend five hours less a week or 10 hours less a week doing this other thing, which is how I theoretically would make be making my living. But it, it, but I can take that time because I am making some money out of doing the thing I'm doing mm-hmm. instead, which is making these podcasts. So I, I know that that professionalism is is really important. And I am really grateful, ultimately, frankly, that 
we as podcasters at Max Fun are ultimately responsible to the audience directly. Yeah, like, totally. That it is that our bosses are the folks who pony up a few bucks a month um, because. The other options are tough and they kind of suck. Yeah. So thank you, everybody who goes to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Uh, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do a beloved segment yeah. that the audience has come to expect. Okay. And then if maybe all this sappy- Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Jordan Sings a <laughs> no! Song. I want to hear this. <laughs> nope. Stop doing it for a good reason. <laughs> there you go. That's a song. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't hold the candle How to the letter much songs. Is that segment in the window? <laughs> I what don't do think I we'll do it today. <laughs> um, oh, there's that uh, reminds me of uh, a parody song I came up with that my son did not find entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because he doesn't know the the main version of it. He did not want to get out of the car after running some errands. And we were like, okay, well, you, I guess you'll just sleep in the car and you'll live there. And he was like, yeah. And I started singing just a verse of a parody of Starman called Carman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did not care for it. The other uh, day, the other day, my uh, son, who's about the same age as yours, about four, uh, said to me, he just goes, Dad, no one likes it when you make jokes. Stop making jokes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if you want to prove Jesse's child wrong, go to maximumfun.org slash donate. Uh, why don't we'll, let's, if this was too sappy for him, why yeah. don't we come back a little later in the show and we'll just tell you about some shit you can get. Yeah. Just some fucking rad shit you can get we'll when just you pony buy up some you off, baby. A transaction. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. If that's more your thing, baby, we got stuff. If you don't want to make the emotional investment, then it's just like. Wham bang, do this. Okay, leave the money on the table in an envelope. Call sure. It a donation or roses <laughs> or something. Another time is not the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. You can just go to maximumfund.org slash donate. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ellie Kalen, dinosaur man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what good. we're looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ra- that's a fucking, you know what? A lot of people would say dinosaur man. That's a double. No, dinosaur man's a home run. That's exactly mm. what <laughs> I want. Well, ground rule double, but <laughs> as, as you can tell from calling myself dinosaur man, I love sports metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, bonus guest. Yeah. She is a stand-up comic. She is beloved by – when she was a guest on Jordan, Jesse, Go, I sort of like in passing mentioned her uh, past television career. Mm-hmm. And we found immediately there was like seven posts on the Max Fun Reddit like, oh, my God, I love Laura from TV. Wow. I know, right? That's very surprising. <laughs> why did And those people, why didn't you watch when me and Jordan had a TV show? <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Laura Swisher, she's the senior producer here at Maximum Yay! Fun. Yeah. Hi, Laura. Me, how are you? Me, Thank you for me, stopping me. by on a, I, on a Sunday evening. I am, I am good. I was afraid that I was going to have to come up with a, uh, a nickname, and I was, like, on the spot, and, and this is why I have never done, uh, You've been done the, well in, in improv. But you also do have a beloved regular nickname that you use. Swish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Which a, is a good solid, one. It's a real solid. Yeah. Good. Great, nickname. Great nickname. Yeah. So, I mean, it helps to come into a Jordan Jesse that's go like, with an established like, yeah, nickname. That's like a super touchdown. 
Yeah, I can just say yeah. it's a real super touchdown. Yeah. That's your nickname from when you were on the And One mixtape circuit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's anyone whose last name is Swisher. I feel like everybody would be called the Swisher. But Swish. I mean, it's a pretty rock solid yeah, one. I mean, like if you think of our colleague Kevin Ferguson. Mm. People call him Ferg or, or Fergie. Fergie. Neither of those is something you would want. It's something you'd be saddled with. I got a. Uh, I I had a job where we uh, we got a new coworker. His name was uh, his name was John Gutierrez. Funny guy, John Gutierrez. By the way, <laughs> find him out there on Twitter. Love John Gutierrez. <laughs> and of course, we were, his famous nickname is the Goot. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, he was. He was in the and I said something to him like, "Hey, can you throw me that calculator?" I don't know what we were doing. There's yeah. no calculators. Uh, okay, can you throw me that calculator? We're taking a standardized test. We were taking a standard. <laughs> yes, we we were taking the uh, AP Bio test, yeah. uh, which there's a lot of math on. Weirdly, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, chaperone went. Shh. Sure. So I said, uh, "You just wanted hey, to uh, play Drug Wars. It was a oh TIA. Yeah. I know. Oh, I just wanted to play Drug how, Wars. How did that? How did that game spread so far? I don't know. That it was it was a touch point for a generation. I yeah. understand. Uh, and I said, "Hey, uh, throw me that calculator, Goots." And then I was so impressed by myself. I'm like, "Hey, uh, hey, you got a new nickname, everybody. We're gonna call you Goots from now on." And he just looked at me and said. People have been calling me that my whole life. <laughs> I love that you were so you never had the thought, oh, someone's probably called him Goots before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. Call him Rez. That's the nickname that popped into my head. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, there you go. See, you just gotta you just gotta think about it for one half more second. I would have said throw me that calculator, Tier. <laughs> there we a calculator, John. <laughs> See, I like to do something with first names. Yeah. Oh. So it's like uh, my former Daily Show colleague, Jubin Parang, mm-hmm. who's a very funny That's guy. That's a good name. He, uh, so I would call him Z-Bone, which he hated. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, no, I'm going to ram this nickname into your life as much as I could. My Z-Bone. Thing, I got it going for a while. Yeah, that's I really good. didn't like it. Well, when something momentous happens to you, like – uh, Daily Show head writer Elliot Kalin forces you to be known around the office as Z-Bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ask you to call us for our segment, Momentous Occasions. The number is 206-984-4FUN. Here's our first call. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Um, this is Nick in Houston. Can you pause uh, this a for moment. a second? I know that I tend to pause the call before we get into it and everything. Mm-hmm. God, this guy sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy sounds great. Yeah, well, I was going to say, is he dancing around in front of a mirror with his penis stuck between his legs? <laughs> a little bit of a Buffalo Bill vibe. <laughs> a little bit of a Buffalo Bill vibe. Not in a bad way. No, no, in a positive way. Not in a bad he's, way. He's a serial killer hoping to make a skin suit uh, yeah. so he can become the person he feels like. In a good way. <laughs> That's an I aspect feel of like... that film that has not aged great. No, 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 it sure hasn't. I feel sure like has. he's got a great Sam Elliott vibe. Mm. I feel like he's he's about to give the dude some advice. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Or tell uh or tell um Patrick Swayze how to become a more famous bouncer. Or be the sexiest man in the world in People magazine in like 1981 <laughs> or something. Got to be. Sorry the dude calling from Houston. Go back to, go back <laughs> to the beginning, Brian, and press play again. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Um, this is Nick in Houston. Uh, I had a momentous occasion happen uh, about a month ago. I was traveling for work and uh, had a car, a rental car, um, and had it for a couple of days. And 
the day that I was uh, headed back to the airport, I stopped for some coffee and uh, got out and noticed there was something underneath the driver's seat, a little package, and figured it was just trash. Um, and so I reached under um, and pulled it out. And it was not trash. It was a package of cock rings. <laughs> wow. Sizes. Um, didn't know if they had been used or not uh, and didn't really know what to do with them. So I just uh, put them back underneath the uh, driver's seat, uh, of course, after taking pictures and sending them to my wife. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, maybe you'll get more than one momentous occasion, hopefully. Uh, out of that uh, fun experience. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Bye. No, you're the only business person who's ever listened to Jordan Jesse. <laughs> I'm just glad that he get, got rid of them because that's the kind of thing you hold on to it and then the owners of the cock rings mm. come after you and the next yeah. thing you know, you're in the middle of like some huge, huge international... Like, it's like a whole heads in a duffel bag thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a real direct-to-video <laughs> post Pulp Fiction, sure. two days in the valley. Like, yeah. yeah. All right, Michael Rappaport is involved. <laughs> <laughs> Some something is happening. Michael Rappaport is involved. Um, here's okay. My, I I wonder. Take, take a moment. Take I, a moment. You're struggling I'm, with this. I'm. Uh, wh- Are how, you having do you one need... of those on-air strokes from YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope this is a viral news video at some point. Why do you need a package of cock rings? Are you wholesaling them? You know what I pictured immediately? Have you ever been to a jewelry store and they have something that is kind of like, you know, like a ju- like a jailer's key ring? Sure. You know, where it's like a big ring and then there's a million different kinds of keys on it. Mm-hmm. There's like that, but with sizing rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also a little bit like um, the like ring that has uh, all the teaspoons and tablespoon sizes for baking on it. Um, and that they all kind of nest together. But there's there's rings on the ring uh, that represent all the different sizes of ring. Oh. And then you put your finger in each of them in order. Uh, oh. and you you unlock he's a the cock ring cake. salesman. Uh, so, oh, so yeah, goes I think around. a traveling I think, uh, My dad told me a joke about this. <laughs> <laughs> goes into a barn. He uh, needs to sleep in the barn. Daughter. Uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Because it seems like if you are a cock ring enthusiast. I don't see there's any other way to involve them without enthusiasm. <laughs> just like, well, I guess I'll slip this on my dong. I don't know. I'm more of a cock ring dilettante. I just dabble in it. I'm not really that <laughs> Someone who treats cock rings like a CBS sitcom. <laughs> yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I'll throw this on while I make dinner. You know what? <laughs> Allison James like, good in everything. Sure. <laughs> you know what? I was going to fall asleep now anyway. I'll just keep this on. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I'll just let myself go to sleep. This might be a dumb question, but do you... Th- do cocks change sizes? Like, is it one thing like, oh, I used to they fit do, into this oh, well, cock ring? They actually do very quickly. Okay. Depending on the scenario. <laughs> sure. So, so maybe he's got the series, like, ready for every point. Every step. Uh, yeah, every okay. step. Oh, it's like, sure. you got to switch it out. Do you mean, you like, over the course <laughs> of an incident or over the, which is what I call romance? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Honey, are you ready for an incident? <laughs> because and, you, do, you do a report after each one with a lot of paperwork. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. If you can't suddenly, like, if you're now too big for the cock ring that you always use, like, that's right. not a bad thing or is it a good thing? I'm just asking. It doesn't like, change not... that much over the okay. course of your life. I think maybe 
Maybe it changes a little tiny bit when you gain or lose weight, but only a little tiny bit. I think right. I, I think even, you could have one standby. Yeah, it uh, might not, not. Not that I've ever like. I'm just uh, yeah. I don't even know. You know what? I don't have a. This is a to- typical man thing of jumping in with an opinion about something I don't have any <laughs> knowledge of. Where all the time I have to. My yeah, wife, save it for Universal Monster movies, Kalen. That I know about. <laughs> but there are th- times when my wife will will be like, "I wonder why that is." The Invisible Man to... was James Whale's best movie. Sorry. Are you crazy? Huh? Have you watched it? It's good. Bride of Frankenstein. It's funny. Bride of no, Frankenstein. You're right, you're I'll right. put the old dark house above the Invisible Man. Oh That's just boy, me. I love the old dark house. <laughs> but anyway, the my wife will be like, I wonder why that such and such thing is, and I'll tell my brain. My brain will start generating some bullshit explanation, and I'll be like, Stop, brain! You don't know the answer to this. <laughs> you, you don't need to throw an answer out into the world. Like such a dumb man thing to do. But, uh, um, yeah, we should have just texted Dana Gould to ask what the <laughs> yes. best. Yeah, how does a man's penis girth change <laughs> over his lifetime? Dear Dana, two questions. Number one, which is better? Uh, the what are the well, the invisible the man, invisible or, the man house, or the old dark house? You cannot make an argument that the invisible man is better than Bride Frankenstein. But anyway, that being said, if I was in this man's situation, yeah, I do not know that I, unless it was a labeled package. I don't know that I would know what those what it was a package of because cock rings are one of those things I've heard about in jokes sure. so many times. Right. But I've never had a personal experience with them. I've never seen one in person. It's like the Loch Ness monster kind of. I might be like, what are these? This is a weird selection of na- napkin rings. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, yeah, why do you why do you, yeah, do you think this guy was like driving to a sex expo? A sex expo. I think what happened and is And he, you know, the whoever owned that car beforehand was going to, you know, Bang Con or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know they're unloading the goods. By the <laughs> way, I have I, every year I forget to make hotel reservations. It is so hard to get yeah, a yeah. reservation in Cincinnati during Bang Con. No, I know yeah, it'll cost you too. Like yeah. if you wait to the last minute, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and especially this year now that George R. R. Martin is showing the new Game <laughs> of Thrones trailer. <laughs> the scandal really is that. The tax breaks that they get from Cincinnati for mm-hmm. Bangkok. Because uh, sure. yeah. every year it's like, well, maybe we'll take it to Kansas City, Missouri. And you know they're not really going to They're do not no. going to. Cincinnati needs Wilmington's so not going to get Bangkok. Yeah. Yeah, they prefer St. Louis-style barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> sure. To Kansas City barbecue. Um, but yeah, this, the, 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 whoever rented that car before was, you know, was transporting wholesale so fuck goods. you're saying goods. this is a Jason Statham type operation. Oh. The transporter oh, is behind the wheel of that car. God, that would be great. You just have to smuggle cock rings. <laughs> There's one they didn't get. <laughs> and that was around the base of his penis. I think, I think that just... Excuse uh, me, I have a movie to write. <laughs> I'm going to leave the... I'm not going to do the rest of the show. Laura, you can just kind of fill in for this, uh, for this last bit. What's the premise? Someone kidnapped his child. I don't. You yes. see, Jason Statham's dick in it. There's nothing. Remain too messy for 48 hours. Right. Yeah. It's like a speed situation. <laughs> or a crank. A crank with a crank. It's a, it's a crank on a crank. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then right. And this. And this. And this. This fuck goods wholesaler. You know, unloaded. The goods. Unloaded. Yeah. Unload. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He unloaded uh, two people who need to unload. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and just left one one pouch under the mm. seat. I don't know. That's because I'm thinking business travel. I'm thinking the large volume. That's to me what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining that this did not come from the person who previously rented the car, mm. but rather you, you from. You should be so proud of the restraint when I did not pounce on your use of the word "come." Just... Exactly. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Damn. We were both like, yep. you know what? 
this is no. We won't do let this. Let it go. We've all matured a lot, guys. A little bit. But not so much that we didn't have to point <laughs> no. out that we didn't I, comment we on it. We still wanted yeah. the credit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying. Um, uh, this, did not, uh, this did not come on. Making it so hard <laughs> for me. Yeah. And that's not a – anyway, it's very <laughs> this, difficult. Uh, <laughs> this was not due to the fact that the previous renter left it in there, but rather – This was the, a Randy Enterprise employee. <laughs> yes. Oh. I think an Enterprise employee who works at the airport in Houston, mm-hmm. you know – the sex stores in Houston are next to the airport That's in Houston. True. That's true. So Zoned that way, specifically. Exactly. Yeah. It's the only zoning laws they have in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> a city where, from what I understand, there are just, like, bars in the third floor of apartment buildings. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, I think that what happened is uh, somebody was uh, – somebody went out to get some lunch. Uh, they got it from – Let's say a strip bar buffet. Sure. Then they went next door to the sex product store, purchased that, put it in their breast pocket, lot as so. I'm demonstrating it mm-hmm. to my colleagues here. Visual representation is very helpful. Went back to their job, uh, vacuuming the the crevice between the back of the seat uh. and the bottom of the seat. Mm. Leaned over, fell out. Bloop. Then it slid backwards during the exterior wash. And there it is for a, a lucky renter to find yeah. later. Mm-hmm. Is he going to send us pictures? <laughs> or it didn't happen, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I want to know which one of those rings fit. Yeah. <laughs> send us some pics. Um, please don't send us pics. No, don't send us pics. <laughs> please don't. Please yeah. don't. I don't have anyone wearing them, but he did say he took a bunch of pictures. Oh, yeah. Of, oh, so yeah, just, I want, yeah, I'm curious about the packaging, how many rings per package. I really want to see a picture. I'm curious about the packaging, but don't send me any pics. <laughs> yeah. No. I want to see a picture of him wearing them on his fingers, like, like regular rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I immediately, I immediately pictured him both having cock rings on his fingers like rings. But then when you said wear them on his fingers, all I could think of was canned black olives. Like when you're a little kid and you put canned black <laughs> olives on the end of your fingers. So he had both the cock rings or, around the bottom and olives right. on the top. And then a little bugle hat on each one. <laughs> yeah. That's a party mix that can't be beat. That's yeah. a real nice mix. Let's take another call. Uh. Hey, hey, uh, hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Hello, guest. Um, Thanks. This is John from North Carolina. Um, there is a wasp in my house, which I am very, very much afraid of, and it is on the light in my kitchen. Um, I've got a shoe in my left hand, my phone in my right, and we're about to see what happens. I might die on the air, y'all. Here we go. <laughs> Holy shit! He's dead! Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Now, when he says wasp, he means like like a character in a John Updike novel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> villains in a frat movie, yes. <laughs> it's a, a Wit Stillman movie. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids from Barcelona are in my <laughs> right now. They're wearing their little round eyeglasses. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. I'm going to hit him right in his sweater. You would think, though, that he would win in that scenario. Yeah, oh, yeah, probably. Would think so. Unless yeah. the guy was like a like on crew, yeah, a lot of upper body strength. Can I tell you? I watched uh, the first season of the TBS show Search Party recently, uh, which I really, I really liked a lot. That's a show that I always mean to watch, but then I forget to watch it 
and then people mention it, and I'm like, oh, I wanted to watch that. Uh, it's you a really, watch it. it's yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, That's I, the thing wait. with modern TV; <laughs> yeah. it just goes away. It's hard to, you know, I you gotta of, wait for summer reruns. I kind of missed that in a way because the pressure to get caught up on things it was like, oh, I didn't like even having a VCR was bad enough because it was like, oh, I forgot to set a tape, and then there's some responsibility on you. But when things just aired once and then never again, it was like, I have a life to lead. Sure. I can't just be sitting at home no waiting one's... to find out who shot JR. Elliot, <laughs> here's the fucking deal. You're not getting paid until you watch Bunheads. Sorry, man. You got to fucking crush Bunheads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, yeah, just, just uh, chug Bunheads down. Yeah, okay. Sorry, Let's... man. Yeah, just block out some time. <laughs> I was watching. Send the kids to grandma's daddy's watching Bunheads. <laughs> I was watching the I first I wish I knew the season. theme song to Bunheads. I was watching the first season of Search Party, mm-hmm. which I, I, I really liked a lot. And um, the whole time, I'm talking about this like 10 episodes or 12 episodes or whatever. The whole time, I'm I'm thinking, why does this remind me of a Whit Stillman movie? Nothing about this is Whit Stillman-like. Why? Like, I guess it's set in New York. Is it because it's set in New York? Like, like why do I feel like I'm watching Metropolitan? It doesn't have the same weird stilted dialogue. It doesn't – like, nothing – and then I just realized the whole time I was just one of the characters has little round glasses. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was the thing that made me think I was watching a Whit Stillman movie. Now, Brian, this is a two-parter if I remember correctly. Yeah, he called back. Okay, let's – Can I tell hear- you, Jordan? Sure. I literally had to kill some wasps earlier today mm. at my house. Mm. Uh, they were setting up shop. There were two different queen – Wasps, yeah, getting started on building nightmarish empires in my window. Do queen wasps have accents? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and <laughs> Laura Swisher, professional comedian. <laughs> um, they have two. So they were two on my on the windows in my living room, and I don't know. I mean, it's like you remember a couple years ago when uh, there was a dead. When there was a dead bird in my backyard, mm-hmm. I just having grown up. But you, but you weren't home, so you had an alibi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was the movies. What'd you see? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, 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 Birdman. Oh, <laughs> no, uh, Ladybird. Oh, uh, Deadpool. Shit. <laughs> no, no, bird murder. That's not a movie, sir. Oh, oh, I killed the bird. <laughs> are you confessing? Or are you trying to think of a fake movie? <laughs> I don't know. Um. I I grew up in this city and my parents never owned a home. So I just don't have any dad skills at all. And let's be frank. I'm a, you know, I'm I'm I I got a lot of shoes. That's my like top skill. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a skill developing type dude. But you'd think you'd need nothing more than that to kill a wasp. Sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I literally had to post a picture of it on Twitter and say like, is this something I need to kill? <laughs> What, how do I kill it if I need to kill it? And people gave me full fucking breakdowns. Uh, there was a universal, yes, you need to kill this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although a few people tried to give me that, like, they're not that dangerous. Like, they're not super aggressive. You should just let them do their thing. I'm like, no. No, it's a fucking wasp. Wasps Fuck are assholes. You. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. One time one went up my wife's leg yeah. and uh, gave her, like, 12 stings. Yeah, because a bee is noble. 
Yeah. The bee loses its life mm, when it when it kills. Sure, yeah. It's like, you know what it's I It's like one shot. Exactly. And it's it's like I'm doing this, but we're both gonna get hurt. But a wasp is like ping 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 ping. ping. <laughs> do this all day. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep great tonight. You know that song from Hamilton. <laughs> you know that song from Hamilton. I'm not giving away my shot. That song. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but Lynn actually originally wrote that for B movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Sure. Interesting. Originally it was about a B- Which was originally called Wasp. Movie <laughs> yeah. when he was working on it, like yeah. ah, there were some creative changes. Well, Whit Stillman was actually there. <laughs> oh. Jerry Seinfeld picked up, bought the screenplay from Whit Stillman and rewrote it. Oh, extensive. interesting. Yeah. Sure, sure. Here's what. Here's I'm going to tell you a real story from my life about why you should kill wasps before they can build nests in your home. When I was a little boy, when I was a wee lad, a nubbin, you might say, of probably three, I think, or four. We had a wasp's nest in the backyard of my house in New Jersey. Yay! Oh, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Pizza. Yeah, Meatball yeah. sandwich! Hey, have a go. And uh, actually... Crossing the street! <laughs> okay. Hey, there's no self-service at the gas stations. <laughs> we got to protect these jobs for no reason. It's, it's autumn. Let's go apple picking. <laughs> hey, auto That's insurance rates in are not so good. New Jersey once. It was really yeah. nice. That was one of the things I hated about New Jersey, which... Uh, I do love the fact that it is a great agricultural state. More a cran- very beautiful state. It's beautiful. More cranberries come from New Jersey than the other state. Ooh. Uh, my family would go to like apple or strawberry picking and I hate that stuff. And they wouldn't let me bring a book because they wanted me to be like mm, sure. with the family. Right. So I'd just be standing in the sun watching my family pick strawberries and I was I hated it. But anyway, that's not the story <laughs> I tell. So I was a That was a good one. <laughs> oh sure. That was a wee I was a wee nubbin at the time. Mm-hmm. There's a wasp's nest in the backyard. My dad decides I'm gonna take care of this thing. And for some reason, he thought it was – he wanted, I guess – I don't know. He thought I should accompany him on this expedition. I, the way my mother tells it, I was wearing just overalls, no shirt underneath because I was a little kid. Yeah. When, and and you were kids, in Dexie's Midnight Runners at the time. <laughs> Every little kid is either saying, telling Eileen to come on yeah. or they're about to whitewash a fence with Tom Sawyer. Sure. Did so. you bring the rest of our gang with you? <laughs> you know, it was me. Sparky. Me, Spanky. Yeah. Sparky. Uh, Spooky. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, crypto. Uh, yep. Babyface Nelson. <laughs> Uh, Gorgo, the, rever- the reverse Flash, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Professor Zoom, he was there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, but the uh, and I guess he, I don't remember if he used smoke at all at first, which is what you should do when you're trying to kill a wasp nest. Is first use smoke to lull them to sleep, right? But uh, is it any smoke? Like, could it be a Pall Mall? Could it be? Or do you? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like, I mean, yeah. Fat, anything. The, the a more, fat dube? The more mentholated, the better. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like a Newport is probably best. Yeah. yeah sure. And uh, and. I think he tried to just like slam it down with something and it – this is the way the story is told to me because I think I blocked it out. It landed on the ground, exploded with wasps and who rightfully, to be fair to the wasps, saw this as an attack on their home. Which it was. <laughs> sure, yes. They were correct. <laughs> Reacted the way anyone would. They were yes, would. naturally reacting. And stung the shit out of us. Oh, and boy. me – and I had so much exposed skin mm-hmm. that I got stung all over with wasps. And so ever since then – and I like don't really have much. I don't really have a real memory of it. But my family would tell the story, and it's like, oh, okay, so I have no, I have no sympathy for wasps. They're bad dudes. Sure they, they'll even attack a kid. They won't even stop to look at the situation yeah. and say, who's to blame here? Yeah. The grown man adult or this kid who got brought along? So you you don't want that to happen to your kids. You take those wasps out with extreme yeah. prejudice. Right. That was like the the consensus on Twitter was you got two there now. Pretty soon there will be five thousand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're building a wasp 
empire and you got to do what you got to do. But I did not have any wasp poison. And also that my house is on a pretty steep hill. Mm. And so while it is the main floor of the house, by the time you get that far in from the front door, it's actually like 15 feet above the ground. So there was no way I could have reached there from the outside. Oh. I had to reach around outside the window to do it. And, uh, and in so doing, also had to open the windows, obviously. Um, so I was pretty concerned about it. But I was just like, you know what? I'm a dad. I'm the responsible party in this transaction. My wife has made it clear she will not be party to it. <laughs> uh, she has made it. She's put it squarely on my plate, uh, squarely and unequivocally on my plate. And she doesn't ask much of me. Uh, so I went and got some 409. I was like, what's the closest thing to wasp poison mm. I have? I'm like, 409, I guess. <laughs> it's good for everything. You know, it'll clean any goddamn thing. I went out there and 409 the shit out of my exterior windows. Like the whole, not just the wasp, which immediately fell down to the ground, but like just <laughs> like, don't you come back here. You know what lives here now? 409. Yeah, salt the earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully it works. We'll, we'll probably get an update in future weeks on Jordan Jesse Go, but my fingers are crossed. I did see a wasp later today, this afternoon, uh, just kind of going around like, hey, what happened here? <laughs> Casing the joint? <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't... You didn't uh... You guys got a new security system in here? Or? A couple of wasps in a car driving by slowly. Right, sure. And they saw that you had put the wasps into upright coffins with a sign that says, this is what we do to wasps around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just toothpicks with wasps. <laughs> okay, let's hear the second part of this because I am on, I'm on tenter hooks, as they say. Update, didn't die, neither did the wasp. He's very angry. Um, oh, he died now. Fuck. Oh, Lord, I can't do this. Oh, okay. I can't do this. This guy understands the power of silence. Yeah. An audio Heart of the rock, what is the river? Here we go. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well. Killed him, broke the light. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's a real Worth promise it. to turn the prestige. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Those are, yeah, you got what you want. Mm-hmm. Next stop, Magic Castle. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was that was better than, I'm going to say, every episode of The Shadow I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. Like, would it benefit from a, from a soupçon of Orson Welles' beautiful baritone? Sure. Yes. Sure. But besides that, I would say less formulaic and more compelling. I liked it more than Stranger Things. There you go. <laughs> what we just listened to. Yeah, it would, could have been nice with a little bit of the kind of warm glow of nostalgia, though. Sure, sure. yeah. Like if he had just mentioned that it was an Alf lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I now want to hear him narrate uh, just animal films. Yeah, I feel like this guy has a has a has like a planet Earth narrating yeah. future in front of him. There's a cheetah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Some gazelle. Oh boy. Ah. Oh. oh, he's running. Ah. Shit. Uh, gazelle's dead. <laughs> I'd like to hear. A, I'd like to hear There's... David Attenborough narrating Planet Earth, but just with obscenities mixed in. <laughs> like <Fucking> just. Dead. <laughs> Yeah, just just like the pleasure of hearing him say, yeah. you know, the majestic wildebeest 500 strong, you know, rolling across the Serengeti. Fuck! Oh, shit! <laughs> oh, shit! 
Well, there's there's, a, there's an episode in Planet Earth 2, mm. now on Netflix, where there's a sloth that has to swim across between two islands to get to a lady sloth that he believes is presenting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Turns out he is mistaken. That sloth oh, is taken. Oh, man. Right. It's just a moment. windbreaker caught in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I wish He that- fucks the shit out of it, oh, though. He just goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... Uh, but I wish that it, that like the implic- the subtext of the whole thing is he want that sloth wants to have sex with that other sloth, and I wish it had been just like the sloth seeing a chance for fucking <laughs> does what it has to do, and it shows seeing him- a chance to get his dick wet. <laughs> it shows him he shows him swimming across the river, and just I wish the whole thing had just been like the lure of the fuck <laughs> to do a remarkable thing, but. <laughs> no, it's it's all very uh, English coy. Sure. Two zero six nine eight four four fun is our telephone number. Put it in your phone. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm the swish. Dinosaur man, Ellie Kalen. Uh, no, that's that's Stuart's sound. Hold on a second. Are <laughs> <laughs> you about to say rau rau? I was about to say rau but then I'm like, that's not even a yeah. dinosaur sound. It'd be more like... Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, dinosaur sounds a lot like an air horn. Yeah. In a, in a, in a it's song. a rap air horn. Which I think is maybe the funniest sound in the world. It's like... Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. It's the, the, most, the most lovely sound to me, for whatever reason, is the sound of a liquor bottle being turned over, not poured, but just the... Bloop, bloop. Mm, of the bubble nice. that's a beautiful sound to me but the funniest sound to me is <laughs> <laughs> what if this whole time we thought Funkmaster Flex was dropping bombs on top of hip hop records when in fact he was sharing stegosaurus cries <laughs> <laughs> it's the scientific find of literally the century yeah. That he has the one authentic sound of a stegosaurus. <laughs> I don't know why he's not making money off of that he's but. just been putting it over Mob Deep records or whatever <laughs> Migos, I guess, would be a, probably a more contemporary reference. Um, speaking of current references about music, something that doesn't have anything to do with that is the fact that it's <laughs> the Max Fun Drive. Yeah. Uh, Laura, you, uh, you are, as, as a Max Fun senior producer, you are working in the trenches during working this Working in the thing. trenches, yeah. Uh, what, is your, what is your report from the ground? How is this thing going? I have not had a chance to actually see how this thing's going because we've been trying to get bonus episodes off the ground oh. and keep and just keep like up with actual production. So we've been it. just super super busy, but also it's been it's been fun because I've I've been able to see everybody interact with the listeners and I know all the hosts of the shows Really get a kick out of um, hearing from everyone and knowing that uh, knowing that people are supporting the show uh, because they listen and enjoy the content. Because guess what? It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Speaking of those bonus apps. Yeah. We got some bonus apps for you. Well, Laura supervised the brand new show that you made only for Max oh, Fund donors. One and done. It was so good. Lord, could you, I've talked about this. Okay, tell it us about this so bonus good. episode. It was it's shooting the breeze, and it's uh, just two cheesemongers <laughs> hanging former, out. Former cheesemongers. Former cheesemongers. One cheesemonger knows a shit ton about cheese, mm-hmm. and the other cheesemonger 
Not as much. Just hangs back. Not <laughs> as much. Let's just say that one time yeah. on Jordan Jesse Go, the other cheesemonger said his favorite cheese was Mexican blend. <laughs> I love a three cheese Mexican blend. One cheese. You know who does a good job? Kroger. <laughs> one of them worked at a really high end cheese shop in London, mm-hmm. and the other slummed at a Silver Lake. Uh, <laughs> sure. And, and I don't want to say which one's which. No. Uh, but you, both you and John Hodgman had worked as cheesemongers in the past. Yes. Uh, and we did a, which is a one and done, never to be repeated podcast extravaganza. John Hodgman and I shooting the breeze, B R I E S, talking about cheese. <laughs> We're talking to a famous French cheese man. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of a fun convo about food, but oh. also. The world of shitty first jobs. By, by the way, let me just say that the name does not do justice because it's kind of gi- – it's very gimmicky, sure. shooting the breeze. It was fucking interesting. <laughs> I was I was listening uh, – yeah, I think driving somewhere and I like stopped – and listened uh, like in the driveway because I wanted to. I wanted to hear driveway how it moments. ended up. But it was it was really uh, it was really interesting. And, and our what's the name of the uh, the the French? Uh, oh, Chef Laurent. Chef Laurent. I was worried at one point that like Ice was going to get him because he was talking about doing some illegal cheese things. Yes, there is some there is some talk of illegal cheese smuggling in this episode. It is fascinating. It is genuinely fascinating to hear about the world. Of like high end cheese enthusiasts getting that raw shit over the border. Yeah, they like it raw. I really like. Okay, so in addition to shooting the breeze, yeah, there are now like I don't know fifteen or twenty hours of Jordan Jesse goes, and I was just reminded, and I had completely forgotten about this, mm-hmm. but I re- I remembered that not only is there at this point hundreds of hours of uh, bonus content audio. There's also you get access to Rift short films. Yeah, by uh, you and I made one. Uh, the Stop Podcasting Yourself guys made one, and uh, the McElroy brothers made one. Um, and I, I had not thought about them in a really long time because you know maybe we made them five years ago. I watched I, I, I watched uh, the Stop Podcasting Yourself one uh, just the other day, and I was like, yeah, this is fucking great. Yeah, uh, yeah, Laura. You've. It sounds like you have been maybe combing the bonus content a little harder than we have. Is there anything else out there that you are excited about, bonus content wise, when people donate in the Max Fund Drive? Absolutely. Well, I mean, as far like okay, speaking of bonus episodes, so who shot you? Our movie podcast. We had uh, we had Brian Fuller, TV's Brian Fuller, for any the pushing daisies, the yeah. pushing daisies guy, pushing daisies, Hannibal, Hannibal, American, American Gods, Gods, Dead Like Me. Fuller's done it all. And so with the episode, instead of talking movies, they're talking uh, TV shows. And he and April Wolf go deep on Murder She Wrote. Whoa! Yeah, that's another amazing show. And we did uh, Pop Rocket at Crawford's, which is a uh, oh yeah, a fried chicken place around. I've run you know, into Thompson at Crawford's a couple of times. You, it's you could go to random uh, chicken places, and there's a good chance you'll run into into Thompson. Yeah. She enjoys, yeah, she enjoys, she enjoys good food. So anyone who donates at any monthly level yeah. to Maximum Fun gets access to this huge treasure trove of bonus content. Elliot, what's the flop house got? What do they got this year? What's the flop bonus? Well, uh, we've had a lot of uh, fun in the past with 
stealing from the McElroy brothers and doing a role-playing <laughs> game episode. Sure. And uh, this year, Stuart wanted to do as our bonus, it's a new adventure with characters loosely based off of our uh, Adventure Zone characters who are in a, it's a different setting. It's more of a uh, – Hold on. Is this canonical or non-canonical? Uh, it's not canonical. What okay. if, it's a what if. It's, it's more of a what if, but it's a – or it's an Elseworlds. Sure. For any an imaginary story. Uh, that's a different thing. Oh, okay. So, if people object to any of these points of clarification, should they tweet those tweets at Gas Station <laughs> yes, TV? At Gas Station yes, TV. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, what if is more like, well, what if this thing was different in Marvel comics? Elseworlds is when DC is like, what if Superman landed on Earth during pirate times? Mm. Yes, I know the Elseworlds pirate story was about Batman. It was Batman as a pirate. But uh, look, you don't have to correct at me on that. Gas Station, <laughs> at Gas Station TV. But uh, where it's more of a like. 20s-ish, 20s, 30s, like Lovecrafty type story Ooh. with uh, our three characters are investigators looking at stuff. And it's a multi-part story that's going to be up. It's going to be multiple bonus episodes. And our old wow. pal, Z-Bone Jubin Parang. Who's, hey, Z-Bone himself. Us, is in those episodes as well. Uh, and it's just uh, – there's like music in it and stuff. Like it's, it's a – it's, it's a, a real production. It's a real production. Unlike our regular Flophouse episodes where it's like hit record, blah, 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 and we're done. Hmm. The, uh, this is like a real slap the stuff on it, slap the intro on, slap this stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, this is a real production. And Stuart, uh, Stuart Wellington has gone way above board in putting it together and running this game. So I think people are going to like it a lot. I've oh. been seeing tweets from people already who pledged or upgraded their memberships this year who have been really excited about it. So – yeah, I I uh, I am very excited that the show we recorded the Grand Canyons up now. Um, you can find the audio in the bonus content thread, and the video is on the Max Fun uh, YouTube page, which is available to everybody. But I I want to I want to emphasize something. This is the last break we're going to take during the Max Fun Drive, and I mean I hope people will join us on Friday night uh, for our live streaming show at maximumfun.org. But this is the last time we're going to come to you on Jordan Jesse Go this year asking you to become a Max Fund supporter. I want to emphasize this. There are levels for every kind of budget. Of course, we always like to say, make it clear, if you're unemployed, if this is the difference between you paying for your food and rent and not, mm -hmm. uh, if you are under 18 or you do not live in uh, what is often called the developed <clears throat> world, you're off the hook. Don't worry about it at all. Um, but there are – otherwise, there are levels from $5 a month to $200 a month that will accommodate every budget and can be accommodated in every budget. Um, but I really want to emphasize something that I feel really strongly, which is like basically if everybody listened to our show, became a supporter at $5 a month, we could all quit our jobs and – like just make a million podcasts every day forever like it would be a fantasy world for us. Um, the real difference for us is not the level that you choose. We're, we are really, truly, immensely grateful at every level. Really the choice that we're asking you to make is to – the money will be OK for you for, for most people who are listening to this. Really what we're asking you to do is just – Take a few seconds to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate 
and sign up for one of these levels. Like that you do it, that that people choose to make the choice to support the shows is what is really important to us and what I am so deeply grateful for, no matter what level you can afford. Um, and I... I thank every single person who already has. And as of this recording, which is, you know, 36 hours or something before the show goes live, we're already more than halfway to our goal of 25,000 new and upgrading supporters. Um, So, like, every single one of you, thank you. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. It's so fucking cool that we get to do this and that we get to have you for a boss and that our goal can be to make something that is really special to people rather than to make something that is palatable to enough people that it's good at selling life insurance to them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go over there to MaximumFun.org slash donate. There, uh, there's a level for every budget and there's also very, very cool prizes uh, depending on which level you donate at. Uh, a lot of great stuff. I think people will, people will really like it. Go over there to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And no matter what level you donate at, you get all this bonus content we've been talking about. Boco. Uh, that's what, yeah, there's that's a what ton, there's a ton of it. it. Boco. I like that. I know. It's good. At 10 bucks a month, Chew, the, these enamel pins, the new Jordan Jesse Go pin is so cool. And I want to assure people because we're getting a lot of questions about this. Uh, if we hit that goal of 25,000 new and upgrading supporters – um, which I I'm hoping that we will. It might come down to the wire again, but I'm I'm hoping that we will. Uh, we're going to do what we did last year, which is everybody uh, who's a ten dollar a month supporter or more will get a chance to buy as many of those pins as they want, with all the proceeds going to charity. Because last year we raised over a hundred thousand dollars for the LA Food Bank. Um, that could have, by the way, yeah. that could have just gone back into the company. Yeah, but you didn't put it back into the company. No, we didn't, and it was. A, a fuck ton of work. <laughs> yeah, I believe yeah. the, the that's the metric measurement is a fuck ton. Yeah. It was a shit ton American. Uh, but it was an extraordinary – like it was like two months of customer service work for uh, two or three people in our office to make all of that happen. But uh, we are so stoked that we were able to. Yeah. Uh, every show has its own unique enamel pin if you donate it 10 bucks a month. Uh, Laura, are there any particular pins you're excited about this year? Um, I – like the Switchblade Sisters pin. Mm-hmm. It's like a little crest with two swords, and you look closely and you can tell that it's film strip. Oh, I like so it. It's, uh, they're little, two little, actually, the swords, they're actually Switchblades. But in my head, they were swords. I really like, I'm a really big fan of uh, our, our new Simpsons shows mm. pin. Horny Mom? Horny Marge. Horny Marge. It's a sideways Marge hair that just says Horny Marge on it. <laughs> Elliot, what's that flop pin this year? This year, it's St. Cage himself. Oh, oh yes. wow. As mentioned earlier in the, in this very episode. This uh, is Xander Cage. Yeah, yeah Xander Cage. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, his shining presence, uh, who because he holds a very special place in the hearts of the Flophouse podcast, both hosts and fans, in that he is a frequent source of films for the podcast, but we genuinely believe he is a, an amazing actor who manages to sometimes go a little off the rails and make uh, – unfortunately be forced into bad decisions because of the aforementioned uh, tax problem that led you to go to <laughs> right. the state sale. That, uh, he's, a, he's a very special – I feel like there's a and – and underneath it, I think it says, uh, says good, bad. He is like – there's a dichotomy on, on the flop house, which is that we both – love movies. The reason we do it is because we love movies, but we also like it's uh we also love to 
you know, take a dump on movies. <laughs> uh, that's because part of love – for when you're a nerd, half of love is hating a thing. For, and you hate it partly for making you feel vulnerable because it made you feel emotions and you hate it also because it's not as good as you want it to be mm. because your expectations are too high, much like this Thin Man remake that I want to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's not happening, that, Elliot. That, uh, someday. But, uh, but, the, but Nicolas Cage is like this beautiful symbol of that duology because he is one of the most talented actors in the history of mm-hmm. film and yet he has somehow become this – like fallen into this, uh, this morass of, of garbage. Anyway, so that's so it's a it's a Nicolas Cage been this year. I'm very excited about it. I watched this really crazy, uh, brutal crime movie that was uh, directed by what's the guy that directed American Gigolo called? Oh, was it Doggy Dog? That one that Paul Schrader directed? Yes, it's it, I couldn't finish it. It's it was, really brutal and insane, yeah. uh, and I didn't I didn't love it, but I, I was interested to talk to Paul Schrader for my show Bullseye, and um, but there's this one moment. Where they're just going, where where Willem Dafoe and Nicolas Cage are going through this insane, fucking like brutal string of violent incidents, and just at one point, uh, Nicolas Cage suggests that they stop and go get some bagels, <laughs> <laughs> and it is like the most compelling thing I've ever seen on film, just because it's Nicolas Cage and he's amazing. <laughs> uh, Maximumfun.org/slash/donate. Uh, lots of great stuff. Uh, lots of great bonus content from lots of great shows. Yeah, this is the last time we're asking you, so now is the time to do it. We only do this once a year, and. You know, if this is like the first Jordan Jesse Go you ever listened to, it's pretty weird that we're doing this. Sure. But my guess is you've been listening to Jordan Jesse Go for a little while because we don't have any new listeners. And, nope. <laughs> uh, stagnant, stagnant <laughs> listenership. And so I, I want to challenge you to join the uh, join all the folks who have already signed up at maximumfund.org slash donate to support this show and other shows at Maximum Fund. Look, if you just want to go to maximumfund.org and support Still Buffering because you're accidentally listening to the <laughs> show and you only like Still Buffering, go for it. That's great. They also deserve your yeah. support. I have a question for you guys. Please. Um, so we have the at twenty dollars a month. We've got the Max Fun Cookbook, where all the yes. hosts put together mm-hmm. uh, their favorite recipes. So what what did you guys submit for JJ Go? What's your? I submitted my famous. It's not famous at all, and not mine. <laughs> uh, I submitted a recipe that I use to make blondies because for many years, uh, first of all, I can't. I don't eat chocolate because it's migraine trigger, um, as a rule. So a blondie is as close as I can get to mm-hmm. eating a brownie. Um, but I used to make blondies for a certain level of supporter. I no longer can because we simply have too many supporters. Um, it's a bad problem to have. Yeah. I mean, it's a good problem. problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. I, I, th- this past year, um, even though it was like a secret level, I literally spent like three days in a row baking all day here <laughs> in the office, uh, which weirdly our office has an oven. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I like to make blondies, uh, for my family and for my Max Fund supporter friends. So I thought if I'm no longer going to be able to do that, then I will put that recipe into the Max Fund cookbook. Ellie, you got a little something special there, right? I put in, you know, it's just, it's a recipe that I use in my daily life very often. It's nothing super exciting, but it's a roast vegetables recipe mm. that sounds is, functional. It's very, what it is, is sounds healthy. Well, yeah. Yeah. Every meal should have a vegetable on the side or sure. make the vegetable the main thing. I've Why seen the food pyramid. Wow. Look, the Western world, we make meat and protein the center of the dish. Do yeah. I like that? Yes, I do. Maybe let's <laughs> yeah, meat's great. Eastern and just consider meat to be one, mm, one portion. Sure. Uh, By the way, thanks for starting to sing that song, Poor Unfortunate Souls from The Little Mermaid. Do I like that? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Anyway, the, uh, but it's, uh, this, is a, this is a recipe that 
my wife taught to me and that I will teach to your next wife. Yes. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it just, when the divorce comes. Yeah, when I when I finally bluebeard my current wife. But the uh, no, I would never do that. That's, but the, that's terrible. But the anyway. Well, but, she is going to teach to her, her next husband after she gets wise and talks <laughs> out. Very sure. likely. Oh, until my otherwise terrible eating habits get the best of me. <laughs> yeah. and, but uh, it's you can. I usually use it for like Brussels sprouts or broccoli or cauliflower. Mm. You can use it for lots of stuff, and it's just a really easy recipe that tastes really good, and it works just about every time. And as I think I mentioned in the recipe. Whenever my if my wife and my son are out of town, this is what I will make myself like as dinner is I will just make myself an entire like pan of broccoli and that'll be dinner and I'll just like watch the movie and spend the rest of the night in. farting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one bad side to it. Yeah. But, uh, the uh, and, uh, <laughs> watch this down with a mug of black coffee, <laughs> <laughs> which I know I said I didn't like earlier. But uh, the just for the joke, just for the joke oh. <laughs> at gas station TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but uh. It's something that – so anytime – so this is not like – I didn't like rip this out of a recipe book and be like – cookbooks, I think they call them. I didn't rip this out of a cookbook and like just toss it in. This is something that I do often. And so the uh, when people are trying it out, they can be like, I'm living the Elliot Kalen lifestyle right now. Like, <laughs> like I think I'm going to – Going to turn on a Polish movie from 1919? I think I mentioned it like going to watch a Czech New Wave movie. Yeah. And, like, uh, and then something, something that Yuri Menzel worked on and then – then I'll eat this, and then I'll go use the bathroom while trying to get the Marvel Unlimited app to work at a yeah. reasonable rate. Sure, and that's the Elliot Cannon lifestyle right there. So, yeah, I mean, you could also add in if you wanted listing weird Batman villains. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I'd define weird. Like is Clock King weird? <laughs> that, yeah, I think we should all ask ourselves: like, Is, is ca- Clock King weird? Like, is Calendar Man weird? Mm. That's what we're here to ask you to go to maximumfund.org/slash/donate and. Is Calendar King weird? Okay. Calendar Man. Calendar oh, Man. Boy. Clock King Calendar <laughs> Come Man. Come on, man. Because Guys, I think you're misdirecting this at me. You should be tweeting this at no, Gas Station right. TV. Right. Yeah. Uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Do it, please. It's fun. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Laura Swisher, a.k.a. The Swish. Elliot Kalen, Dinosaur Man, 65 million years later, still rolling strong. Elliot and Laura, thank you. Thank you for joining us on this week's show. What a joy to get to have both of you here. Yay. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Uh, Elliot, I mean, I, I can't imagine people don't don't already listen to this. They listen to this show. Get on that flop house. It's it's some of it's. Yeah. I think it's like it's one of the things in my life that makes me laugh the hardest. Oh, I really you. love that show. I love the flop house. I, you would be upset at how much I listen to it while I'm taking a shower. Mm. Just it because doesn't bother me. I love it. I, oh, cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, what do you? No, I don't need to. You know what? Maybe I don't. I spoke too soon. <laughs> what you were saying? Uh, but I, yeah, I love listening to the flop house so much. Uh, what a joy it is to listen to each and every seven hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> They've been getting a little long. But, European uh, flights, the flop house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Are you going to Guam? <laughs> uh, Laura, are there any Max Fun things that you're producing right now that you're particularly excited about? I'm excited. Okay, Who Shot Yet is a great Fantastic movie show. podcast. And Elliot's been a guest and hey. we, we want him back. I would love to But he's that very busy. So, uh, But we always have like amazing guests. We have like Ingu King, who's hilarious and funny. Ingu's really brilliant, yeah. 
Uh, she's fantastic. We have Drea Clark, who uh, produces a number of film festivals and has seen everything. Andy Richter's made an appearance. Like we hey. always have really, uh, really fun panelists. And it's but like smart. for real, the regular people on Who Shot You? Ricky Carmona has been a guest on this show a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we all know that you know Ricky is a the world's greatest expert, basically. Exclusively on uh, what's that one Michael Mann movie? Heat. <laughs> I was gonna say Cafe Bustello. <laughs> yeah, Cafe Bustello brand. But yeah, Cuban instant heat. coffee, uh, pre-ground Cuban coffee. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, delicious, by the way. The Cafe Bustello. I gotta have some, and they really should sponsor. And it's a beautiful package. But, Let me just say, of all the packages in the supermarket, Cafe Bustello is one of my favorites. The bright colors. How would you shape. compare it to Chock Full of Nuts? <laughs> It's better. Uh, way better. Yeah. Way oh, better. Wow. No offense. I yeah. went to a Cafe Bustello pop-up in New York. Wow. And it was wonderful. It sounds great. But in addition <laughs> to Ricky Carmona, who folks know from Jordan Jesse Go, uh, April Wolf and Alonso Duralde, who are the other regular co-hosts of that show, are so funny, passionate, and insightful about on the subject of film. Uh, they're just really, really brilliant. We actually know... Alonso from when we had that failed television program. Yeah. He was also a contributor to that show. And I always thought, like, man, this guy's so cool and funny and great. Like, we should do something with him sometime. And we finally had the chance to do it this year when we created Who Shot Ya? And I think that there are um, – there's a lot of film podcasts that are uh, – Let's just say three straight white dudes in Not New York. Not that there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with that. I mean, who mine watch is now... a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> two, to be fair, one of them is in LA. Two of the straight white guys yeah. are in New York, and the other one is Jewish. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty <laughs> okay. diverse. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> no, that's uh, it. Is uh, yeah, they're they're uh, that's a really good show that I wish I wish I could get co-hosts as good as those guys. <laughs> Okay, we got to go, but go to MaximumFun.org slash donate uh, as the Max Fund drive. And if you already have, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And tell the world with the hashtag Max Fund Drive so you can shame your friends that listen to – let's be honest. You've never admitted to your friends that you listen to Jordan Jesse. Yeah, buck up. (laughs) Let let the world know. (laughs) Tell them to listen to five or six. It'll – It'll it'll start to gel. It's like the wire. It's going to be hard to listen to the first couple of them, then it'll pay off later. Jordan's accent work is work is perfect throughout. Yeah. Mine is shaky throughout. No matter how long it goes on. Anyway, uh I'm Dominic West. <laughs> you're Idris Elba. Of course. Idris Elba's voice is Everyone perfect. Everyone says that about me. The whole length of The Wire and the whole time Dominic West, you're wondering if his character is supposed to be from Ireland or something. <laughs> uh, MaximumFun.org slash donate. Our producer, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. He, let's be honest. He needs your help the most of all. This poor man is recently married. He's, in a, he's at a career crossroads. He's been eating dog food out of a can <laughs> with a spoon. <laughs> no, it, you know it's, uh, it is it is an awesome thing that you know uh, for every for every person you hear Gabin on MaximumFun.org, there are a lot of uh, very hardworking, brilliant people uh, like Brian Fernandez, like Laura Swisher, uh, busting their butts to get this stuff to you every week. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely know that when you go to MaximumFun.org/slash/donate, uh, you're not just you're not just supporting the lunkheads you're hearing on Mike. 
there's a bunch of other <laughs> more talented lookheads yeah. off mic uh, that are that are really working hard to make sure you guys get this stuff on time. So yeah, maximumfund.org slash donate. It's kind of crazy. Like, um, it was only like five years, five or six years ago that mm-hmm. this whole company was just me <laughs> in my house. Um, and now it's, you know, in addition to more than two dozen shows, it's also 15 people or so who work here in this office. And, um, uh, and all those folks feel exactly like we're the ones on microphone and we brought Lori in here as well, but we're the ones on microphone. But like, I know for a fact how much it means to all of those folks that they work for you as well. Um, so yeah, maximumfund.org slash donate. And we'll talk to you next time with, uh, no URLs of that type <laughs> on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.